Well, 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 what's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to the SMC Wrestling Podcast. You guys have no idea how weird that feels to say that. But yes, we are back. Um, it is an Outsider's Edge edition of the of the uh, SMC Wrestling Podcast. Just uh, your boy Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash here with partner in crime, my boy, my ace, Carl, what's good? Uh, everything's good, man. Getting my... Uh... Like I was telling you earlier, getting my ducks in a row, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, all that stuff, putting lines through my sevens because I'm OCD like that. And uh, lines through my get, sevens. <laughs> get ready to go to uh, New Orleans tomorrow. Yeah, it's that time yeah. of year. It's WrestleMania season, guys. Yeah. Um. So did you miss us is the first question because we've been gone a while. Um. I, had I probably to, didn't. No, not at all. We had to spend the summer with our uh, grandmothers, so uh, – <laughs> But no, on and uh, we need to talk about some business. We need to be serious for a minute before we get into the good stuff. Um, I'm sure you guys have noticed that there has not been an episode of the SMC Wrestling Podcast in a long time. And uh, life happens. Uh, Carl is a very busy indiv- individual. He's a father, a college student, uh, and a husband. Caleb is a very busy, busy individual in that he has a very demanding job. Um, and, uh, he has, he lives in an area where sometimes it's not easiest for him to be able to record and God, if y'all know my story, <laughs> you know, uh, but <laughs> we got all the, we ain't got that much time, right? We ain't got that much time. That's a full two hour pack podcast. But, uh, we took this endeavor almost a year ago and we really wanted to give you guys great content, give you something different, give you three different sides of the same coin. And uh, I think we did as good a job as we could have. We definitely could. We probably could have done more, but I think we gave you the best content we could have given you. So I want to announce now, before we get any further, that this will be the last episode of this podcast, as known as the SMC Wrestling Podcast, and we will be rebooting. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you guys know, uh, if you guys know Carl and I, you might have an idea of what it's going to be more similar to, but, uh, we'll let you guys find it out next week. But before we go any further, uh, I want to show some love and give a very heartfelt, uh, thank you and send off to my boy, Caleb and Baldwin, AKA the bathtub, AKA the smart. Um, Caleb was, he will tell you that I was the biggest part of the, of the podcast, but I would argue that he was in many respects because we wouldn't be, have one if it wasn't for him. Carl and I have known each other for, eight years seven eight years and been tight uh for the majority of that eight years but we talked about podcasts for years and never really seriously considered until we met caleb and caleb is a very infectious guy um he kind of he sticks to you and i mean that in 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 a in a positive way i really do um and so you know he it was it was really a passionate endeavor of his to want to give opinions through audio and we owe him for that he has uh really pushed us to expand our horizons carl and i both uh attended our first big indie show with caleb uh we owe that to him and now we both actually care about the indies a lot more now than we did before we owe that to caleb um he's not gone he's still our friend he is not uh this there is no ill will between any parts Caleb only stepped away from the podcast because he seems to have found a bigger and better calling 
as a column writer, a featured column writer for Social Suplex. So shout out to my boy Caleb. You can read his uh, Ring of Honor reports and his Impact reports on Social Suplex. And if you know anything about the dude, he's very, very serious about what he does. So like his first Impact report was like 3,000 words. So it's real. But, yeah, um, hey Caleb, I didn't read that. If you're listening to this, I love you. Just want you to know that. <laughs> well, I told him I read the first one because it's him, but I'm not reading shit about Impact. I'm not. <laughs> I uh, did read something. He did a little blurb when he first started, and yeah. I did read it. So he's got a he's got a, a got a knack for it, and um, absolutely. You know, we're we're also under the social suplex umbrella, so it's not like we're beefing or anything. I'm not going to see him on the streets of New Orleans this weekend and whoop his ass or anything like that. He might tell you otherwise, but you know. <clears throat> but yes, um, so thank you, Caleb, for all your hard work and everything you've done for the podcast. And you know, uh, got to keep it moving, man. Yeah, and uh, one more thing, Caleb. You know, to Caleb, I want to say this: uh, fix your internet. And that, that's it. That's it. With love. I think that would, I think that's the perfect way to, to send them off. Fix yes. your damn internet. Fix your damn internet from Carl and Rance with love. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I guarantee you, man, look, we'll have Caleb on whenever he wants to come on. Like, it's, it's still family, you know, but we oh, yeah, we'll keep bring it moving. On. We've been given an opportunity to kind of do something different. Uh, that it's, it's a bit of a flip for us because you and I used to write all the time. Yes. And, so we, and we got lazy about writing. So we were like, you know, let's just talk instead because I don't have to like type anything. I don't have to backspace. Man, I look, just, yes. You know what I mean? So no spell check reviews, any of that stuff. Now I could just run my mouth. Carl has been a main pager of Lords of Pain twice. I've yeah. been a main pager once and started a magazine. And now here we are. <laughs> Caleb is the one who didn't want to write. Now he's writing. We're the ones who didn't want to podcast. Now we're podcasting. You never know where you're going to end up. Yeah, no doubt. No um, doubt. So, it's WrestleMania season. We definitely want to run through the WrestleMania card and do some other fun stuff. But uh, sometimes something so, not necessarily big, but so interesting happens. That you kind of got to give it credence and talk about it. Um, and you guys know me. I'm supposed to be the controversial one. So, there was a, a story that uh, recently came out. Um Cody Rhodes, or don't Cody, don't call me Rhodes, excuse me, um, got cut up in his match with, uh, in his tag match with him and Hangman versus Hangman Page versus Kota Bushi and Kenny Omega, the Golden Lovers, um, a, a pretty significant eye cut. Um, and the same show, well, Osprey damn near broke his neck doing a C4 or a Spanish Fly, if that's what you know it by, off of the apron onto the ground with Marty Scroll, and he you know, kind of compressed his neck. And, you know, New Japan, WWE as well, I'm not making this New Japan thing, but WWE has had a bunch of, New Japan uh, in particular has had a bunch of a recent string of injuries that look manageable, like they don't have to happen. Like injuries are going to happen in wrestling, right? But some were, you know, that didn't have to happen, right? You know what I mean? And so, yeah. of course, they had a back and forth where Cody kind of ethered him. Because Disco Inferno uh, kind of, uh, he said that they don't know how to work and things of that nature. And Cody eats them. But I think there's a bigger story there. And I wanted to ask you about this on Wax. Uh, that Wax. I, you can tell I grew up with grandparents. Wax. Eight, 33s and shit. Um, <laughs> wax poetic. 
I grew up with the phonograph in my house, dog. What you expect? <laughs> um, but no, I, I don't want to talk about who do you side with, Cody or, or uh, Disco, because even though sure. I agree with Disco said, <laughs> what Disco said was wrong. How he said it. Clearly, Cody knows how to work. Clearly, Kenny Omega knows how to work. These guys know how to work. But I think there's a bigger issue with um, non-WWE wrestling in general. And I think that when WWE bought WCW and there was that uh, void of competition and so many fans who grew up to be wrestlers and so many wrestlers who upped their status and got more popular from 2003-4-ish on kind of changed that's that aspect of the business the question i want to ask you is yeah is are wrestlers not safe enough do they work too hard because and i say that because this ain't 1980 where all you got where hulk hogan is beating you with the back rake and a leg drop right I, I don't, i'm not saying that we've <clears throat> truly gone further than that but i think that kenny omega is a perfect guy to use as an example I think that Kenny is so over, so over. He's easily one of the three best wrestlers in the world. I think consistently yeah. we all say Kenny, AJ, and Okada. Take your pick. Um, sure. But is he? Does Kenny have to do the things he does every match? Because he's right. over enough to tell the story without having to kill himself every match. Yeah. Um. Well. To, to the original question, forgetting touching on Kenny for a second, um, just repeat it. Do I think that workers are too unsafe? Is that is that what you're asking me? Do I, do you, do I do you think they work too hard? Because, you know, the whole point of wrestling in the business is to <clears throat> be safe and think yeah. how dangerous it is. Do but it safely. The level of danger is actually more real now than it's ever been. And okay. I'm talking not hardcore matches, just regular standard matches. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think it's important to think about this specifically, and I could be wrong, and feel free to to correct me if I am on this. Okay. But as far as I know, of all the wrestling promotions that I can think of that we might know of in the mainstream, mm-hmm. I would consider. I mean. Obviously, WWE is the mainest of mainstream, really. Right. But you know what I mean. The ones that anybody listening to this have heard of. NJPW. Yeah, Ring uh, of Honor. Ring of Honor. Those, those types. Yeah. As, yeah. as far as I know, WWE is one of the only ones that has really taken issue with the concussions and that kind of thing. Publicly, Which I think yes. is Publicly. Partly, partly due to... People, you know, popping pills and ended up, you know, all the stuff that was going on with them back when they had the steroid trial and stuff. Like It was a necessity, yes. It was something that had to be done for them because, you know, especially now, you know, even more so now that they're publicly traded and things like that. Mm-hmm. So WWE is held holds themselves to their own standard. Now, whether I could argue that we as fans should respect that standard hmm. because, and they don't always, not everybody, but they don't. And so they might see the WWE style as boring or not as exciting. And that's why, Pretty you know, tries, when guys come in, right. Yeah. And that's why when guys come in, they have to learn the WWE style because they're used to being crazy in the other places they work. Sure. 
so I think part of it, uh, not all of it, but I think a small part of it is the fact that these other promotions haven't necessarily the the, the thing hasn't happened that's going to make them stop what they're doing. The thing hasn't happened. If that makes sense. Like now, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't. I can't remember all the, the 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 names in New Japan, but there was someone who was supposed to like never come back. I don't Shibata. think he's going to wrestle again. Shibata. Okay. Yeah. So that's one. I mean, this is you know, and that might it's probably due to the style. You know, the, the what was going oh, on in the ring, the way they were due doing. To the style. He head butted Okada and started bleeding from the crown of his head. Yes. So how they react to that is up to them. Right now, they haven't done anything, but a string of those things at some point, if it brings the wrong publicity along, maybe that changes it. So I think part of the culture is is there is is that because they haven't been hit over the head with a major lawsuit or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So hit the pocketbook first. That that's part of the problem. Okay. Uh, as far as like why I think they're okay with the working hard, and I, I think a lot of fans don't think about those kinds of things. We don't think about that side of it, you know, because we just want to be entertained. Clearly, and that's, we don't. Yeah. There we're happy. Yeah. The majority of fans are happy Daniel Bryan's back. So clearly, it's right. not about <laughs> health. It's about entertainment, which is okay. Just call right. a spade a spade. Right. So the other thing I think is, especially in New Japan, they've made this name off of the style. Strong so style. Pure, however, yeah. the strong style, however long they've been doing this specific... I don't know much about New Japan, okay? So I'm okay. not going to sit here and act like I know everything. But however long they've been doing this style was probably way before Kenny Omega ever signed up. Oh, hell yeah. So, Back when Antonio Inoki started the promotion, yeah, years. In a lot of ways, once again, it's a culture thing. Like It's almost like you come in and you're kind of expected to be that. So for, for Kenny, does he need to do all that? No. Like you can look at, I mean, you can, he's just as good, if not better than AJ Styles, arguably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, absolutely. and, and Kenny and you see AJ Styles working in WWE Now he's worked in new Japan as well, but he works in WWE and he didn't got to do any of that stuff. Now oh, granted yeah. he's a lot, he's a little bit older, you know, so that's, that's, you know, this is true. call it what it is, but he doesn't have to do any of that crazy stuff because he's so over and Kenny's the same way. If Kenny walked into WWE tomorrow, he don't want to, apparently. But if he did and he came over there, I, yes. I know. But yet, I, I, uh, but yeah. But if he did and came over, he would immediately have to change. Adapt. So, I don't like the word change. Yeah. Adapt. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but it would probably be better on his body in the long run, you know. But let's. But no, I don't think he has to. And to, 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 I guess I'm, I haven't really answered the question i've kind of worked my way to it and i'm sorry about that but no it's okay and you and you're you're working to a, a kind of a good part of the conversation yeah um, because i want to say this uh wwe is safe right but the reason wwe style is the way it is is because they wrestle 300 days a year 275 300 days a year sure. so they devalued the wrestling side for the entertainment side to become more profitable and safer and now they don't sell great matches they sell moments right and there's always still going to be great matches i mean just look at we just had finn and seth what they did monday was great yeah and that was just on on the go home raw you know so there's always great matches but there's great matches everywhere wwe wanted to transcend their bubble if you will and they have um but i think the issue for me um, I think back to, 
and I want to, I, I really didn't want to make this a Cody Disco thing, but I want to, I want to think of Disco's mindset for a second. Yes, Disco was a mid-carder, career mid-carder. Yes, Disco never drew a dime. And to go off on a quick tangent, it pisses me off personally when people say just because you didn't draw a dime in wrestling, you have no say-so. Then sure. tell Lance Storm to get rid of his company. Until all these guys who are calling matches or working backstage to quit and just let Hogan sing the rock and Austin and Taker and these guys book everything because that's asinine. He knows yeah. wrestling just because sure. just because he didn't draw a dime or it's not saying what you want doesn't mean the dude doesn't know wrestling. So that pissed me off personally. But that's just that's another conversation. Uh, but Disco was a mid Carter and a prominent mid Carter because he was featured. At the hottest time of the business, right? So Absolutely. I mean, if you if you watched if you watched that wrestling in that time period, you know who Disco Inferno is. Exactly. Especially if you watch WCW. You absolutely. absolutely. It's not one of these random cruiserweights that you yeah. might have seen a couple of Kenny times. Chaos. Like yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. he was known. He's he won television title, I believe, when he was there at one point. Um, yeah, he won television title I mean, a bunch of times. Won a tag title. Think he won a U.S. title? Yeah, he, sure. he he's I mean, a very visible part of that of the of the Attitude Era. Sure. In WCW, in WCW at least. Right. Um, but I want you to think about his time period and all the people he grew up with, in the business, Benoit and Guerrero, and all these uh, just those are the two that come to my come to the top of my head, and all these other people who have Owen Hart and and Mr. Perfect and Rick, all these people who abuse their bodies. And went hard. And he wasn't part of that ECW hardcore revival that they started, but that's all the same time period, right? Right. So I don't think he's saying that Kenny and Cody or these guys don't know how to work, these indie guys don't know how to work, because it sounds curmudgeonly, get off my lawn type stuff. But I think there's a bigger point that Mick Foley can probably speak to in the whole Kane Dewey um, uh, angle he did at ECW where, you know, he in the angle, and this is real life. And if you don't know the angle, uh, there was a he was having a match in ECW when he was Cactus Jack, uh, in like '95, '96, and somebody held up a sign that said Kane Dewey. Well, Dewey is his son, right? And at the time, Dewey was like five years old. So like that, like that's disgusting, you know? To, to sure, uh, yeah. Imply that your son, who's five, your son at all, five, seven, eight, whatever, should be Kane. He was really pissed, so he decided to make an angle out of it, and so the angle became well, you know, he made his he made his name off of doing these death matches with Terry Funk, where he blew up his body and had his ear ripped off and left flesh and blood everywhere on all continents, <clears throat> and now he felt like he was raising a generation of savages who were just bloodthirsty and didn't care about the performance, just cared about the performance, and so he right. started wrestling really, really boring and slow. I'm not saying that that's what should happen, but I think that wrestling, and I'm not going to say there's no psychology because there's not. I watched the Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks tag team match, and while it was too brutal, I think for, well, it might have it might have warranted it because of the buildup, but there was a lot of psychology in that match. So I'm not saying there's no kind of psychology in non-WWE matches or indie matches or Jewish Japan matches, but I think what's lost on these guys is that the whole point of wrestling is not only to, not only to be safe and to show that it's more dangerous than it is, 
but is to lead the crowd into what you want them to do and not let the crowd lead you into what you think into what they think you should do that's that's what it's supposed to be now i'm not saying the crowd doesn't have a say so you know the crowd definitely should play a part in it's a give and take relationship but and i think of these guys who osprey and ricochet are two that come to example that go so hard and do so many things in the span of a regular match that a lot of times ain't even advertised. And yes, you love it. And it's passionate and it's amazing and all of that. I get it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just think the level of danger has been upped so much to where, you know, you don't have to wrestle Every match, 30 minutes, and at the end of the match, we're questioning, oh, my God, can you wrestle the next one? Well, Osprey almost missed this weekend because of that, that that botch. And, yeah, it was a botch. It wasn't planned. It's something that just happened to happen. But, you know, I, I just want these guys to be around 20 years from now. And not, not sure. like alive, but, like, walking and comfortable. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, think the other thing I wanted to kind of say about – I think there's your broader point is correct, and the whole thing is correct, really. But well, I think when you can kind of compare the Cody Kenny situation that happened on the same show as Osprey, and it was Skrull. Marty Skrull, yeah. I thought that the thing that happened with Cody and Kenny, well, they're both accidents, absolutely. But I, but I thought the Cody Kenny thing was more like a a whoopsie. Like they weren't being like intentionally reckless, in my opinion, in the ring. Sure. I felt sure. I felt like the Skrull Osprey thing was reckless, uh, and the reason why I say that is because, and it's not I'm not trying to shit on those guys because I do think they're both extremely talented. I know they're both extremely talented. Yeah. But Osprey especially, it, he does all kinds of crazy shit, yeah. and that's just what he does. Yeah. And eventually, you're going to pay a price on that. I get on Sasha Banks for this, and she works for the WWE, yeah. one of the safest. If not the safest wrestling company in the world, but I she's get on the most her about reckless this. wrestler probably yeah. in the company. Yeah. I get on her for that all the time because she's just she doesn't care about what happens to her body, and I yeah. feel like the Osprey thing was reckless. Okay, and I, you know, that's just my opinion. I'm one guy, you know, it is what it is. Sure, but you know, I I do think to some degree, especially, I think they should all try and be safer. I can I get it sometimes, you know. For certain, for the guys that are really trying to get noticed, but we know Kenny. We we noticed Kenny. We noticed oh. Osprey. We noticed, oh. Co- of course, Cody. In my opinion, everything I've seen from him, on the, and he isn't like necessarily. He did crazy stuff in WWE too. I mean, he moonsaulted off the top of a cage one time. So I mean, he's. I mean, but big matches but, call for those things, Carl. I'm sure. Not oh yeah. About a pay per view match in or blow off. I'm talking right. about a random match at Poughkeepsie. You know, yeah. like no no offense to anybody listening to Poughkeepsie. <laughs> but there's a level of so what I expect AJ and Shinsuke to do Sunday is definitely what not what I would expect them to do at a random house show on a Wednesday night. Absolutely, you know? it's just it's it's different levels, and the indie guys and uh and I, I realize they're not all they're not indie guys but the non WWE guys, and Kenny and the Bucks probably lead the charge with this, which is probably why their fans are so endeared to them, is that. They take every match in every city, in every armory, in every high school gym, in every place they go, like it's the main event of the Tokyo Dome. 
And yeah. I, I do, there is a level of respect for that that I will never, ever take away from them. I respect them for it because it shows that you value your fans. You value Absolutely, every fan. Yeah. Your, your cheapest fan, your most, uh, cheap in the word, you know what I mean, but your, your least, your least blessed fan from a monetary standpoint to your richest fan. But yeah. the WWE gets attacked all the time for storytelling, right? Yeah. These guys are great storytellers, so they shouldn't have to tell the the story so painfully. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I agree with that. I mean, I as a matter of fact, I mean, I've mentioned this several times. Outside of the old twenty four seven hardcore title, mm-hmm. which I love that whole thing, mm-hmm. I don't like extremely violent wrestling matches. I've okay. said that it's just not something I don't. I didn't care for ECW. And people like to shit on me for that because ECW was so beloved. At I'm the an ECW fan, yeah. Yeah, I could care less. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't tell good stories. I'm not saying there weren't great things going on there, but the nature of that violence is just, it's not for me, you know. And that's fine. Sure. Everybody has their own thing. So you don't have to tell me. I'd love for these guys to be safer, you know. Because to be honest with you, like I'd like to see Kenny Omega maybe come to WWE one day, well, you know, because these I guys don't. Is. I mean, I, these guys don't – I don't get a chance to see them that much, you know? So, like, this is I'll – be, I'll be going to the Supercard of Honor. It'll be the first time I've seen Kenny Omega wrestle live, period. I've seen him on other – you know, on my computer screen. Yeah. You know, or on my television. But – so it's hard. They're not as accessible because they don't wrestle as much. They don't – they're not – you know what I mean? Like, the WWE guys are on the road all the time. They're easy. I mean – Granted, I'm not following them around like I'm Frank the Clown sure. or anything, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> like they're they're going to city after city after city. They can be seen mm-hmm. if they come in your vicinity. You can see them multiple times a year if you want to. Absolutely, not always like that with Kenny Omega or you well, know the Young Bucks or whatever. The Bucks more than Kenny. Kenny doesn't wrestle an American, uh, right? Uh, an American, uh, you know, tour if you will. Very yeah. often. Uh, the Bucks wrestle in America all the time. So and of course you know I know what the what the reaction will be well don't just watch WWE we'll see and out to that I will say that's a fair argument if you have the time but for people that don't necessarily always have the time I mean we're like you said at this t- at the top of the show you know part of the reasons we had you know some issues with the podcast early on and later on is time constraints straight time yeah I mean, you know, so I have to be pick and choose, you know, and, and so for me, I'll, I, I, one, I've always liked WWE, and two, it's the most accessible. So yeah, yeah I want to see some of these guys who are outstanding in other places, you know, when I do get to watch them, come to a place that I get to what that I watch often, you know, maybe it's selfish. I don't think it is. So I'm with you. I want to see these guys be safe. I want to see them protect themselves. Right. And then you know, everybody likes different things. I'm, I'm not saying that I don't like. I, I don't like everything in WWE, even though I like the majority of it. I don't right. dislike everything in New Japan. I like a good amount of it. But when I'm watching a match and Minoru Suzuki and T- Tamahishi Ishii, Ishii uh, literally just go at each other with stiff-ass forearms to the face for like three minutes, like, I get that that's a proud thing and it's cool and it's, oh my God. But at the end of the day, like, guys, you're like 45. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and uh, so... Suzuki is a guy who I and those two guys are guys I kind of give I give them and we're going to move on because I know we're starting to get really specific now. But I give those two guys kind of the benefit of the doubt because 
that isn't they're not doing that to pop the crowd that's literally the style they've wrestled since they started Missouri Minoru Suzuki trained and trained in wrestling to go fight MMA for like 10 years so like yeah. that's their style it's not like they're doing that because they want to pop the crowd like that's how they right. wrestle but still you know it's just it's I'm not gonna say it's not safe but they're good enough they're over enough to wrestle to wrestle a better style and i'm not saying you got to be hogan you gotta be lex luger you know but you can tell better stories without having to <clears throat> damn to kill yourself every match and that, that, that's all i'm saying and i realize you know, and i agree and what I, we're saying yeah. is going to be misconstrued i know it is but i'm well I just... i'd like to put a little bit of a bow on it here because i just want to say this is kind of where i'll i'll end it and if you have something to add that's fine yeah. um i do think and i'm not trying to place blame on anybody you know, whether it be the fans or the wrestlers or the promotions or the culture or whatever, you know, it's a mishmash of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think a lot of times for some of these guys, what got them noticed might not only have been their wrestling, but the crazy stuff they were willing to do. Absolutely. And at some point it becomes almost maybe not. Maybe it isn't, you know, but at some point they might feel like it's an expectation now. Like, this is what I have to do. Sure. You know, because this is what got me here. So now I got to keep doing this. I mean, I feel like we could ask someone like Caleb, who watches a lot of independent wrestling, if he would be upset if Kenny scaled back on all the crazy stuff he does. I don't know what his answer would be, but I feel like if it meant he knew that it would protect Kenny for the next 10 years, for 10 more years, give him that much more longevity, he'd be like, I don't care. I like Kenny how he is. I don't know. As long as they're entertaining, it shouldn't matter. Right. I agree. But Which I feel like, you know, they have said. it in their own heads. It's an expectation. You know, I, this is what got me here. You know, what, what you get, forget where you came, don't forget where you come from and things like that, you know? So there could be that. I don't know. That would be the way I would like wrap it up. I think it's sure. a lot of things. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very, uh, very deep and complex conversation, which is why I didn't want to trivialize it to just Cody versus disco, because that's really, you know, such a one conversation that could be so it's it's that that's really a huge conversation which is i'm sure argument that fans have had forever um i just wanted to kind of touch on it because it was very relevant especially going into dun 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 wrestlemania <laughs> you like that segue i did that was pretty solid thank you thank you um eventually i'm gonna get like real music to do stuff like that dun 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 <laughs> um but before we talk WrestleMania, um, I want to run through the card of TakeOver because you guys know I'm NXT Mark. Um, I do want to acknowledge that I'm not going to WrestleMania anymore. I have some medical issues. Um, but Carl and I had a very, very big and public fight because Carl dissed me to go to Supercard of Honor instead of going to TakeOver. <laughs> and I'm still very upset about this. I, and his reason is very solid. I don't want to give him. I don't never want to give him credit, but I give him credit. His reasoning is I don't follow NXT. I can watch these guys whenever I want. I don't. I'm not. I don't know when I'm gonna get a chance to see Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks or stuff like that. That's fine. I respect it. That's cool. Um. So I'm not. I'm. I'm not even gonna ask you to run down the matches with me. I'll ask for what you think's gonna. Who you think's gonna win? By yeah. the end of it, I have a special question specifically for you and Supercard of Honor. So you. Okay. Can? Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. Um, try, try, try not to go too in depth on the matches if you don't want to, because I mean, yeah, I know how, you don't I know, know. How, you know, and you probably yeah. don't care. Thank you, such a friend. 
Um, I'm going to start with, I haven't watched NXT. We're recording this on Wednesday night. So I haven't watched NXT, but, you know, I'm an asshole, so I read spoilers. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're going to let's start with the tag team title match, um, mm-hmm. which has been kind of coincided with the Dusty Classic match. Dusty Classic Finals. The Dusty Classic Finals ended up being the Authors of Pain versus the random but very, very fun team of Roderick Strong and United States United Kingdom champion Pete Dunne. Um, yeah. And they they went to, I believe they went to some type of stalemate or issue and think the Undisputed Era uh, tried to jump them because the winner of the Dusty Classic was supposed to fight Undisputed Era. Mind you, um, Bobby Fish has torn his ACL and MCL, so it is not Red Dragon. Uh, it is Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. So your NXT Tag Team Championship matches, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole versus... Pete Dunne and Roddy Strong versus the Authors of Pain, in which I hope to God is their goodbye, because they need to be on the main roster now. Sure. Um, I am going to, uh, I am going to say that, uh, probably Undisputed Era sneaks out of this. Right. Uh, only because I know they got bigger things for Pete Dunne than being stuck in a tag team match, in tag team, uh, you know, title in a, a tag team title run when he's the mm-hmm. United States champion. But I would lean that way and I'll explain why in the next match. Okay. So who do you Yeah, I, I well, I would agree. I don't I don't think AOP I, like I said I'm with you. I feel like it's probably their goodbye. There's been rumors of that for a while anyway with them. They're they're very know? ready is just yeah. the tag team division prepared. Yeah. Yeah. So them I, I don't I don't see them winning cuz then you know they're not going anywhere. Uh, and the same, uh, the reasoning is the same, you know, Pete, Pete Dunne is UK champ. Yeah. You know, he ain't got time to be fucking being tag champ. It's like, it was a fun little thing, you know, but it's not Cesaro and Sheamus where, you know, they're in WWE literally all the time. That's where they are. So we can have fun with them being a team and make it work. I don't think it's going to be the same in this regard. Cause Pete goes elsewhere. It goes, he goes around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's, so he's I kind think of not a two way deal. Yeah. Now, granted, you could work it with the tapings and stuff like that. I, I get that, but I don't, I don't, I don't see that either. So, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think Undisputed Era sneaks out. I th- yeah. yeah, I think, and I think there's a bigger story to be told with Roddy and Pete Dunne, personally. Well, um, see, that was another thing. See, I haven't been watching, but I, I, I feel like that's another thing you can do there too, because Roddy had a good showing in the um, Cause 205 we're... Live yeah. tournament, and um, you know, so there's. There could be, you know, reason there to maybe kind of put them together in some kind of feud down the road for that UK title. Well, they already had a feud, which is why they're teaming. Oh, see, see, I don't know. See, yeah. I, there you go. Like, the, my well, ignorance is shown right there. I don't Rod, know. Roddy and Pete Dunn had a match for the UK title, and it was very, very competitive, and Pete Dunn won. And uh, there was, a, you know, Pete Dunn is a bit of an asshole. So, he like, there was, like, an unspoken respect. And, um, you know, Roddy's had issues with Undisputed Era since they got there. Uh, yeah. Well, there was a match where Pete Dunne had a uh, match with Adam Cole for the UK title, and the Undisputed Era gave him hell, and Pete Dunne put it to him more than anybody has so far. But when it came down for the match to Thomas be over, uh, of course, Fish and O'Reilly snuck in and whatnot, and Roddy came to help him. So right. it became those guys teaming up out of necessity to fight the Undisputed Era. And then Tyler Bate hurt his knee, and Mustache Mountain had to be taken out of the 
Dusty Classic, and Roddy asked for Mr. Regal to be put in, and Pete Dunne was his tag partner, and they just have they just seem to have this natural chemistry. Sure. That's how that started. It, it's kind of a strange bedfellows. It's really very similar to Cesaro and Sheamus in that they weren't enemies, but they were definitely rivals, and right. they just seem to work together. Yeah. But yeah. So um, <clears throat> the, my reasoning for thinking that O'Reilly and uh, Cole keep the titles here is because the next match I want to talk about is the very, very first inaugural match for the NXT North American Championship, which is a ugly ass title. God, ugly ass. Title. I'm not a fan of it either, but if, if you look at the way the UK title was was uh, created, it's very similar in style to that because the NXT North American title was meant to be the equivalency of the UK title, and then when they finally have a Latin American champion, and they finally have, uh, I don't know, if they're gonna have an Indian champion or a full age, whatever it is. But, you know, they want to kind of branch off and have yeah. each segment of the world have their own, you know, champion. Oceanic, Oceanic champion, maybe something like that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, you have uh, who I think should win the match, the Velveteen Dream, versus right. the one and only Ricochet making his debut, versus Lars Sullivan, the freak, versus Killian Dane uh, from Sanity, Versus the also debuting EC3, who has fire music, by the way. Check it out on Spotify. <laughs> versus Adam Cole. Now, the reason I'm picking O'Reilly and Fish here is because I don't think Adam Cole is going to wrestle both matches. And if he does wrestle both matches, ain't no way in hell he's winning them both. Right? So my I'm going to make this prediction here. I think, uh, because I think the tag team match opens the show. Okay. I am going to make the I'm going to say that Mr. Regal pulls Adam Cole from the match to redebut the return of Drew McIntyre in the North American Championship ladder match. Okay. I but, mean you that's I mean as good of a prediction as I as yeah. anything I could make. Nothing on TV has said that, nothing on social has said that. Only thing that we know is Drew seems direct seems to be healthy. Okay. Yeah. And being as big a show as this is, it would be smart to show Drew, right? Unless you, unless he's getting caught up Monday, which is another conversation. Right. But uh, I think the, I think I would pick between EC3 and Velveteen Dream, but I would pick Dream to win this match because one, Dream is the one guy who doesn't have anything to do. Right. right? EC3 just debuted. He can find something. Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane are hosses. They'll find something to do. Adam Cole is feuding with everybody in the company, but. Uh, a North American Championship ladder match with a North American Championship feud between Velveteen Dream, the young kid who got further than anybody expected him to get, versus Ricochet, who is who's probably the best wrestler not to be in WWE at a certain point. Indy versus corporate, if you will, and right. Rick, Ricochet chasing and finally getting over, possibly at Brooklyn or something. I think that's a great feud. Sure. So I'm picking Dream. Who would you pick? Okay. Um. To be honest with you, you made a you made a, a good point because you said you know Velveteen is the one that doesn't have much to do, so the that title works for him. Like EC3 can find something to do, but in that vein, that's why I think I would pick EC3. Okay, I feel like as a belt as a championship holder, kind of how the Miz is. Yeah, he can look great do more with it. Sure, you know what I mean. Like because he, I mean, you know when he came out and the ch- the fans were chanting, "You deserve it" to him or whatever, sure. and he was like, "Yeah, I do." You know, like that's that's 
I like champs like that. I'm not saying that's makes means that he should win, but I think he's able to do more in terms of like, look at me. I'm the, I'm the champ first night. Like he yeah. can use that to his advantage so well to build that character. Um, Absolutely. That he's going to be portrayed. So that would be my prediction going off of literally nothing other than that. I would like to see Velveteen win it. If, if I was going to pick one sure. that I want to see, it'd be, it'd be dream, but um, I'll pick three. I think EC3 is a great, EC3 is a great, uh, choice, but I, I tend to think he's going to feud. He's going to kind of be that new gatekeeper, if you will. And it's kind of feud with maybe drew coming back or something like that. Now I say all this to say this. Everything I just said probably going to happen, and Adam Cole is probably going to win because he's Edge. Adam Cole <laughs> is the new Edge in that he continues to put himself in situations in which you don't know how he gets in them, but he ends up always winning championships. Right. He might not win every match, but he wins championships. I just feel like that's sure. going to happen. But, uh, so let's move into the NXT Women's Championship. Now, what's funny about this match is this, is, this match probably has more buildup, well, aside from the main match we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. But more build-up than any other match in the card. And yet, it's probably... Take away the tag title match because he just got booked tonight. The Probably the least anticipated. And I'm not saying least anticipated because nobody cares. Just because that's how big of a card this is. But Ember yeah. Moon and Shayna Baszler have been at each other's throats since Shayna walked into NXT. And uh, I love Shayna. I love everything she does. She feels real. She feels authentic. And Ember and her uh, Twilight you know, uh, LARPing gimmick or whatnot. We've all said that Ember, the only thing that holds Ember back is, is her gimmick. And I, because I know, I don't know her personally, but I know her personally, if that makes any sense. I know that's who she is, but what Shayna is dragging out of Ember is only helping her because Ember is showing people that she may be vulnerable, but she is tough as shit. And is going to fight until she has nothing left. So these women are going to literally destroy the hell out of each other. Um, but come on, man. Ronda Rousey's going to be at WrestleMania. Shayna's winning. Come on, dog. Come on. Yeah, dog. once again, once again, it's got it's the swan song for Ember, right? What's left? I don't think this is the swan song. I think they're going to pull an Oscar with her like they did with Oscar last year. And that her swan song is going to be after Brooklyn. Okay. Now she will. She might get called up, but she's still going to keep her NXT, uh, you know, kind of finish her run until Brooklyn. So okay. she well, might still that, get called up, but yeah, yeah. That, that's fair. Because he I mean, does that a lot. Well, here's the thing though, like, and I'll, I'll say this because I do think Shayna's going to win. Also, yeah, uh, I don't think they have this rematch otherwise because they've already had the match once, and I don't think. They have really have it again otherwise without Shayna winning. You well, know what I mean? I would disagree with that because if 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 you want to make Ember look good, making her beat twice a legitimate MMA pioneer because Shayna was fighting MMA before Ronda was. Yeah. So she's a legitimate women's MMA pioneer. And to have Ember beat her twice, once the first time genuinely flukish, but this time maybe she could put her down liter- genuinely, that's yeah. only going to up her respect level. So there's, there's more reasons than just having Shane win. I just think that's Shana's fair. Win. I, I think Shane will win too. I, I mean, and I actually, what I was, what I was getting at was like, I feel like at least one woman or one group of women is getting called up after mania. Yeah. 
You know, so yeah. if it's not Ember, I would imagine it's the iconic duo who has not been around really. So there's a reason for that. We yeah, we we know why, but we're not gonna touch on that. <laughs> but you know, so that's kind of. I just feel like it's a little bit of both here. Shayna is gonna have the title, hold it for a while, a la Asuka kind of thing. Asuka kind of thing, you know. And then I, I, I mean, not to. Get, I'm not trying to get any further into it. I just feel like Ember's probably gonna get called up. Maybe not. I don't know. Sure. But you know. But you say Shayna. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So let's get to the NC Championship, and I want to point out something that I'm, I don't think a lot of people realize. You realize that these two fought last year at NXT Takeover, uh, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, I remember. That was Alistair Black's debut. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. So that's it's pretty it's it's pretty cool to kind of tie it in a bow. No um, doubt. Yeah. Uh, I, I I will say this that there is no other match that I would have wanted to see for the NXT Championship personally, because you have a a guy who has worked his way from being almost thought to be a bust to becoming one of the best acts in the company. And we all, we've always known that the Sombra better known as Andre Cien, Andre Cien Almas was a great in the ring, but it all finally clicked. And Alistair yeah. Black, who is probably the genuine, most genuine true prospect to be a global superstar that they have in the company right now. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't want, I don't want to say he's foolproof, but he's the closest, I think prospect to, Reaching that Cena, well, he might not be Cena, but you know, that Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns level type deal. He's the closest they got, CM Punk. Um, but both of these are, are, both these guys are extremely great strikers. Both of these guys are extremely uh, talented mat technicians. They're both adept at flying. This is going to be a great in ring match. But now with uh, Alistair kind of disrespecting Selena, and Andrade getting rid of Twinquilo. I don't. If you don't know the story about Andrade Cien Almas, Andrade Cien Almas started Los Ingobernables in Mexico, which is yeah. where Tetsuya Naito and Lij got their offshoot from. And it was based on, well, you know, we wouldn't really get any respect from the crowds. We don't care no more. Tranquilo. We just gonna chill and have fun. Take mm-hmm. it easy. And you know, don't take anything seriously. Just do whatever. Which is why he was doing all that bullshit when he started. He pissed now. That's gone. Yeah. He's out here to fight. Yeah. I saw so, the, the Zelina thing the other day. Or yes. I She's saw it today. To Andrade. She is yeah. so good with him. Um, makes you makes you wonder if she should be Mrs. Aries. She should be Mrs. Almas. <laughs> but um, anyway. Well, I, heard, I heard they broke up, actually, anyway. So that's I what would I heard. Not be su- I would not be surprised. <laughs> and that's no diss to either one of them. But shit happens, you know. It's wrestling. Yeah. But Alistair Black got to be crowned. He he's only lost one match, and the one match he lost was a fatal four-way because they yeah. needed to give him and Cole a reason to have a, have a match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alistair's gonna knock the fuck out of him with the black mass kick, uh, and it's gonna be lovely because with what Andrade has done to Johnny Gargano, the crowd wants him to lose so bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think Black's gonna win. Um. Once again, I don't watch a lot of NXT, mm-hmm. so I do like Aleister Black. I'm not like in, as in love with him as everyone else is. There's no disrespect. That's just it's full disrespect, but okay. That's fine. Like <laughs> his his gimmick and character thing really isn't my cup of tea, you know. Yeah. But I will say this: I absolutely love Andrade Almas. Absolutely. In my opinion, right now, and 
I don't give a shit. And if anyone wants to come after me after this, I don't care. I think he's already a top 10 guy in the entire WWE umbrella. I can't in my opinion. That. I can't. And that's fine. That. You don't have to. I think just what I see when he is at his best, he, to me, you know, not in the beginning when he was doing all that shit, but right now, in my opinion, that's where he's at. And that's okay. I don't, I mean, that, I know that's like a kind of a hot sizzling take, if you will. I wouldn't say that. The only reason I was, the only reason I disagree with you is because I'm not counting acts. I'm counting individuals. Yeah. If he doesn't have Zelina. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't work. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's so fair. if yeah, you were to put fair. him with, if you were to say him and Zelina as an act, they weren't the right. top 10 acts in the company. Sure. But Jimmy Uso isn't the top 10 wrestler in the company, but him and his brother are a top 10 act. Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's what, so I mean. what I think is, um, once again, I think you got a crown black here. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it's what everybody wants anyway. I mean, and like you said, they don't have to do it. NXT just, that's kind of almost is a little bit of an exception, mm-hmm. but that, that's kind of the way they've done it. You know, this one guy comes in mm-hmm. And he kicks everyone's ass for an extended amount of time and doesn't lose really, you know. Then he wins the championship, and then it's on to the next whoever. Mm-hmm. It's a formula. So that, that's the that's the that's that is the formula. We've discussed this before on podcasts before. I'm pretty sure. So that's that's the formula. Um, once, but you know, here we are. You know what I want to see happen? Hmm. You want to know what I want to see happen? And Please unfortunately, unfortunately, they can't do it right now because this person is busy doing something else. But if Almas drops the title, the first thing I want to see is him going straight to Raw to feud against The Miz. That's the first thing I want to Andrade? see. Because Andrade? For heel the IC title. Heel, huh? heel versus heel. Huh? Well, this is why I say it can't work. There's no Maurice. Because we need a Zelina. Got that's you. What I, that, like, that's what I want. Like, a meet, like... The heater. Zelina yeah. and Andrade like that 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 power couple of NXT almost, you know, yeah. even though she's his manager. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the first thing I want. Like, I'm hoping that if he does drop it, he's coming up once again. And I'm hoping this for a lot of guys. And I don't know if it's going to happen, but yeah. I feel like he would be on the short list of guys that might be making a move, especially with how well he did at the Royal Rumble Absolutely. after having just gone through hell with Johnny the night before. Absolutely. So, you know, but yeah, Black wins, you know, long story short, Black wins, new champ. Yada yada. I don't know who's going to be the next guy to take it from him. Probably Ricochet. I don't know. Pick somebody. No, Ricochet's. I feel like Ricochet's, Ricochet's built to kind of win the title in like a Brooklyn setting. Or Ricochet is definitely going to feud with some other people before he moves up to that level, I believe. But um, the beauty of, of Alistair Black winning is this. This is the beauty that forget everything else we talked about is all it, it all matters. But the beauty of it is. That him winning means that the crowd ain't gonna be pissed when Johnny Gargano loses. <laughs> You're right. Right. I I am fully expecting Gargano to lose this match. Me too. Uh, so but, uh, let, yes, you know. the unsanctioned match is last, and I would venture to believe they might put this on last because this is the biggest match of the night. Yeah. Um, even though NXT traditionally nothing's bigger than the NXT title, right? Sure, it's cool, but. Gargano, this transcends it though. Yes, Gargano and Champ have had one of the best feuds in probably the past twenty years. So, um, yeah, everything about their feud has been wonderful. The subtleties of their feud, going back to when they first debuted together, and they were singles guys who just tagged, who teamed up just to get a foot in the door. Going back to the Cruiserweight Classic, when uh, Gargano snuck out a win because he was being dominated by 
Champa and Champa stared at him, was about to beat the shit out of him, but just hugged him. To the picture <laughs> when uh, Kevin Owens threw uh, Chris Jericho into the TV and Johnny took his TV away from Tampa yeah, yeah, yeah. because he knew that it was in Tommaso <laughs> to do that. Like the subtleties of this entire feud have been beautifully done. And uh, the, the, th- the most important thing I could tell you about anything with Tommaso Ciampa at this point is, <clears throat> excuse me, don't turn the TV off when you see the credits because you never know what's going to happen with Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> That's true. Three times, credits are on, and he pop out with a crutch. But um, have you noticed how jacked Tommaso has gotten? Dude, he's huge. Yeah, it, he's it, ridiculous. Yeah. Shredded. He's shredded. Um, so yeah, I mean, this one I can we can actually you know I can give some thoughts on. Yes. Um, so you know how I am, and I catch a lot of heat on Twitter because not well not heat, but like fun heat because sure. I'm team team Champa all so the way. I, by the way, so am I. Yeah. By the way, for the record, I mean, but see, I actually get on there and let it be known a lot. Like, <laughs> I, I, like yeah. everything he tweets out, I'll quote tweet it with like team Champa. Okay, that's yeah. that's where I'm at. I like. I mean. Bold. I even took, I even stole, started doing the whole, instead of him actually adding someone, he would put the like a little AT in their name. I started doing that too. You know, so that's like, that's, he, to me, he has to win. That sounds crazy, right? He has to win, but I really feel like he has to because once it's another, once again, Gargano's another case. Is he staying or is he going? Is he going to be there after WrestleMania or is he going to move up? I don't know. You know, you've already got him in a fired situation as it is. You know, the only thing he has to gain if he beats Champa, which to me is the biggest, is really all he needs out of NXT anymore. Unless you think he just has to be NXT champ. No. You know, because he has he has that Daniel Bryan vibe that you know he could be that type of guy that people are just gonna rally behind him because he's the underdog, he's the little guy, blah 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 blah. You know, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. I like him; he's great. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, man, th- this, the story was, I mean, it's been great. That's actually one of the few NXT storylines that I've followed. Not as close as you have or, you know, whatever, but sure, I keep up with it. You know, I've been cl- I've been waiting for my Blackheart shirt that he's, Tommaso says is never coming because he's an asshole. And then I'm like, I got to respect that, too. You know what I mean? So we did boo him. Yeah, 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 we so, did. Well, I didn't. You fuckers did. So I don't thanks. say you. Yeah, the the listing public. <laughs> Carl said that, not Rance. But um, yeah, man, I think you're right about that. I think Black hat. If Black wins, which I think he's going to, it should keep everybody okay when yeah. Johnny doesn't. Plus, oh, I, plus, know. I think the man. Look, I I give fans a lot of shit, but because I I I, I live by the philosophy that people in people in in groups are stupid. People individually are smart, so it's never a diss to people personally. Um, it's a diss to uh, a, a hive mentality. But the crowd is a lot smarter than we give them credit for. So even though they're behind Johnny, they understand that there are bigger and better things for Johnny um, coming up, and they understand that j- probably if you look at it, Chump is not going to beat him cleanly. It's going to be the big. It's going to be such a a, a a spectacle of what's well, unsanctioned. Yes. So everything's going to, he, if he pins him with the forklift, like mankind did a halftime heat, I wouldn't be shocked, but you know, <laughs> Johnny's going to still come out of this looking good. Some kind of way, get his final farewell. And then he'll be Mr. Two or five live. 
Man, you gonna be triggered some people <laughs> say that. Well, you, yeah, I already had the, I already had the good conversation with the social suplex guys about that, which I kind of got beat up for. But I'm not you, touching it. I'm if not you touching watch that. Watch the show. If you've seen the reboot, and you believe in Triple H, like you, believe, let me flip it for you like this. We look at how we look at NXT, right? Yeah. When NXT was rebranded as NXT, when FCW ceased to, ceased, or ceased to be a company and they rebranded it to NXT and worked out of Full Sail, yeah. it was two years before they got a takeover. Right? Yeah. So, so that's 2012 to 2018. is six years. Six years to become this global phenomenon we know them as, right? Sure. 205 Live has had a little over a year. Give them time. They'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm still probably not going to watch that much, but that's fine, yeah. That's fine. Well, yeah, but that's because you're a dick, so that's, <laughs> you know, King Jerkface, as we as we call you. Yeah, that's um, true. So, uh, I really don't want to go too long, uh, make this too long, but if you will, kind of give me like a two-minute assessment. Um, because of the competition that Ring of Honor has so willingly put themselves against, against uh, putting Supercard of Honor directly running against uh, takeover because Supercard of Honor used to be on a Friday. Yeah. They moved it to Saturday. Uh, what match do you think is the more must-see match? Cody versus Kenny Omega or Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano? Mm. Mind you, you know your team Ciampa, but you're going to see Kenny Omega and Cody. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm definitely going to go go back and watch. So that's not here nor there. That's, and, and that's for the, the other record, thing. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano was not booked when you bought your tickets. So, you know, there's a chance you might have changed your mind. You probably wouldn't yeah. have, but still, well, we all, let that be known. I think, I think in a lot of ways we we kind of knew it was coming. It was not guaranteed, bro. It was not But, guaranteed. yeah, because with, with Ciampa being still kind of hurt, it was kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, like, if you think about it, like, they – and this has happened not only – and we'll talk about it later when we talk about Mania, but some of the builds have been really interesting and different. And I think – to matches yeah. like the last second kind of thing. And Absolutely. I actually don't have an issue with it and we'll talk about it later. Yeah. We'll get into it later. But um, I think the more must see match is Tommaso and Gargano. Okay. Um, I don't know that it's going to be the better match overall in quality. Okay. Uh, that's going to be, if you said, if you, if you, if you say that Kenny Omega is one of the top three wrestlers in the world, it's hard, and we know we know Cody can go too, even though everyone likes to call him the the three and a half star guy or he's whatever. He's a step below Kenny, but he's still but a great worker. If you if you say that, like in terms of match quality, plus with the other one being unsanctioned, I don't know what they're gonna do. And so if it gets out of hand and they're out in the street or they're out in the marina, eh, you know <laughs> that might not, that's not really my thing so Them much. Fighting but, out Bourbon Street, I would die. I know I would too. I would pop. But like <laughs> I'll say this. I think the, the the more must see because of story is Gargano and Champion. Don't get me wrong, because I've enjoyed the Cody and Kenny thing as well. Uh, some of the promos, especially Cody, Jesus Christ, laying into Kenny the last Cody is time. Cody's a gifted talker. He's a, he's become a very gifted talker. I yeah, want to say this real yeah. quick before you move on, just to give some context. The reason I would pick Jump Champ and Gargano over uh, Kenny and Cody too, personally, and it's not New Japan versus WWE. It's simply the fact that the majority of the Kenny versus Cody build has, if you don't watch Being the Elite, the YouTube series, you wouldn't have seen it. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Which is the issue I have. It's great 
context, but it's not canon on television. Yeah. Where everything Ciampa Gargano has been on TV. For sure, yeah. That's 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 fine. That's a fair assessment. Um, I just, I think, the thing I have enjoyed about the Kenny and Cody thing is mostly on the Cody side, because Kenny is Kenny. You know, like, he, he Kenny is, to me, is like, the guy you go smoke pot with like that's oh, like that's he's what, rvd <laughs> yeah like i okay. mean but but i don't mean that to be disrespectful but he's 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 kind of chill and he's kind of like to me except for when he gets in the ring yeah you know when he's not in the ring kenny's you know he knows he's the man you know what i'm saying and he doesn't like cody is like so and the thing i love about cody's character is he's so hell bent on being the man you know, he's dyed his hair blonde, he's wearing his fur coats, he's smoking his cigars, kiss his ring, yeah. like, all that shit, changing up the Bullet Club logo. He's Lex Luger. You know, yeah, he's it's, he's, I mean, obviously, if, if you're paying attention, you know he's, like, literally destroying it from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is an interesting, I think it makes a cool dynamic, you know? Absolutely. So I, they've done a really good job, considering, I would venture to guess that more people have eyes on NXT than they do Ring of Honor. I don't know for sure. I mean, that's it's, it's got to be... because this isn't just Ring of Honor fans. This is New Japan, Ring of Honor, that's and true. WWE haters. That's true. That's true. So, that's uh, a lot of people. But I think, you know, I think both are going to be really good in their own right. I, I, would just, I just, I do think because of how long this has gone on with Gargano and Tommaso, I think it's the more must-see in terms of but I will say this. I think it's actually – I think the Kenny and Cody match is less predictable in terms of who will win. No, it's not. Oh, okay. No, it's oh, not. Okay, Rance. All right. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I, I'd bet a very large sum of money Kenny Omega wins this match. Very large sum. That's, yeah. I hope, I hope not. Of course, I'm always rooting for the bad guy, so you know how that is. That's why. That's that's what initially probably made us friends. Yes. Yeah. We're I, the same I'm, way. T- I'm Team Cody, just so everybody knows. When Omega wins, I'm booing. Well, that's good for you. I'm Team Tongans. I'm Team Bullet Club OGs. Shout out to Seven Tongans. <laughs> so uh, we've talked. We we it's been very good conversation so far, but we've got to get down to the nitty gritty. Um, obviously, we you know we're not going to spend four hours going through this card, but uh, we can probably kind of. Well, hell, it's WrestleMania. We don't even have to break down the card for you guys. Like you know, yeah. the card. But uh, I do want to get some conversation in and kind of. Uh, get the uh, our predictions on 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 wax, if you will, since I'm old school today. <laughs> um, I am going to we're gonna start with the pre-show, of course. I'm gonna run the battle royals together because they're both fillers, even though it's a big deal for the women to finally get one. But both filler matches. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the battle royals? Don't care. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I can give you a winner if you want. Who I think might win, but that's about as far as I'm going to go with it. It's not that I don't care as much as it's just like I got. I was excited for the women, mm-hmm. and then all the shit happened with Mula, and like kind of killed it for you, huh? It soured it, you know. And that's yeah. it's a little bit of both, you know. I'm I was I understand people being upset. I do, uh, and at the same time, like I'm up, I'm a little I'm just kind of like I feel like WWE. There's like. For them, it's like one step forward, one step back. Not one step forward, two steps back. But they just kind of like to they like to go in line with each other. Like, oh, Finn Balor Club for everyone. That's awesome. And it's on a t-shirt. Oh, hey, by the way, the Battle Royal, it's about Moolah, who's like an alleged pimp. 
You know what I mean? Like, like alleged. Right. You know, but you know. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. There is definitely a lack of self awareness a lot of times that WWE has, but you also have to remember the level of the the level of we don't respect how big of a company they are. Yeah. So while a lot of these things are not okay, we're not talking about a company that we're not talking. This isn't a, this. We're talking about a company the size of, of essentially in entertainment, the size of Walmart. You know, yeah. like they're not just some random mom and pop. They're a huge company that has hundreds, if not thousands, of corporate employees. You yeah. know, so I'm I'm not sticking up for them because they're it's unexcusable. But yeah, it really is. Yeah. But you know. That I don't, I don't think that I don't think that they have dissecting opinions. Like I really do think I think you can be four women and make a make a mistake in saying something. You know, I don't yeah. think that because they named it, named it after Mula that they're anti women. Well, you know, I think I actually and this is kind of a you know I know we didn't want to talk about this very long, but we don't have to talk about the men's at all really if you don't want to. But like because no, yeah, it is what it is. There's nothing to say about it. I got a prediction. That's it. Yeah. So so on but on the women's just one one a couple couple things two two things here. Um, one, you know, I was having a conversation the other day and people were saying, well, you know, they made such a big deal about this women's battle royal and then they put it on the pre-show. And I was like, okay, well, think of it like this. Like there's a chance that maybe they just kind of want to make it a bit of an afterthought now because good point. of the fact that it was, they were hyping it up as this big deal. And then with the name and then everybody losing their mind over it, you know, rightfully so that's fine. And then the change in it, maybe it's like, hey, let's put it to the pre-show Man, and kind and, of, and then maybe the trophy, people will forget about our mistake, you know. Then the trophy looks and, like a uterus, dog. So yeah, yeah, it does. It's yes. bad. It's 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 bad. It's, and it's one more thing, I wanted to say uh, on Talk Is Jericho. I don't know if you heard about this or not. I, I read this earlier today on on the latest Talk Is Jericho. Chris Jericho claims he texted Vince McMahon. And told him he should have named it after Sensational Sherry. He should have named it the Sensational Invitational. That was what Jericho claimed. And he said that Vince's response was THX. Thanks. And that's it. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I could see that entire thing happening. This is all of it. You know how Jericho's we have idea, Vince's response. You know how we have like WWE Ride Along and all these shows. Yeah. I want a 30-minute show going through Vince's text messages. <laughs> I would love it. Because that's got to be hilarious. It's total old people text text speak, THX. It, it reminds me of the time CM Punk was uh, talking about the first time Undertaker texted him back, LOL. He was like, oh, yeah. Undertaker. You can't tell me, LOL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, one thing to add to the re- to the Women's Battle Royal, because I really don't give a shit about DeAndre, um, I think it's a really clever way to give Sasha and Bailey a match without giving them a match because they're definitely going to have five minutes just them somewhere yeah. in the, somewhere in in the match and I think it's really clever because there's so much going on on the show this year that yeah. if you would have gave them a match it wouldn't have been worth it right and I'm sure some fans would be like oh well you know what my-? no they deserve the marquee they deserve a very good spot. So to give them this situation, to give them an opportunity, one of them will probably be the first to win this thing, and to give them some spotlight, you know, I think it's really good for them. Well, are they going back to Brooklyn for SummerSlam this year? Brooklyn or LA, one of the two. I can't remember. If they're going, if they're going to Brooklyn, you just have that match in Brooklyn and just like a rehash of what they did in NXT. I mean, maybe, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll and that's just, you know. So, anyways, let's just pick our two winners here. You go ahead. Who you got? I'm picking Bailey to win the the women's because the story with their rivalry is, uh, even though Sasha's more, I want to say, well, she, she's more talented than me, but she's more successful. She can't be Bailey. Yeah. Okay. So to have that to, for Bailey to have, if you want to push it, to push the blow off to Brooklyn, for her to have that type, for say I beat you not only for the title here, but look at my uterus trophy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and for the men, I have Dolph because Dolph is clearly going to get a major push going into 35 for a singles match since it's something he's openly campaigned for. But I think this was this will be kind of their their make good, you know, just to prove to you we got you. Yeah. We're going to give you the trophy. So okay, so opinions. that's fair. And the women's, I'm going to take Becky Lynch. And I know okay. nothing called it. This is a random thing, and this whole Battle Royal is random. But, like, sure. I feel like she's a little bit in need of a WrestleMania. She hasn't had any really, like, big moment. I mean, like, victory-wise. You know what I mean? She's She had the triple threat a couple years ago. I think it was a, two years ago. Well, this is only her third WrestleMania, so, yes. She right, I know. She's been in two women's champions. Of the four horsewomen. Becky is like the one that always flies under the radar, it seems. So I feel like this is a way to be like, okay, here, enjoy the uterus trophy, as you like to put it earlier. And we know these things don't. We know these things don't really mean anything other than being the first one to win. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm just glad you didn't pick Ruby. That's all. No, no, I thought about it just to be like, she's gonna win a rumble. One of these battle royals eventually. One of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, for the men, I really don't know what the hell. But I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say Matt Hardy. Like, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't care. Like, I would like to see Elias win it. He's I don't even know if he's in it, in it or he's not. He's not going to be in it, no. Okay, so there you go. So if it's not going to be him, I'd take either him, I'd take Matt Hardy, or, a du- or they maybe decide to throw something crazy like a double winner and give it to Mojo or something like that. I don't care. Uh, Elias has the best spot in the card, and people are going to kill me for this. But... I understand that the dream is wrestling at a WrestleMania. I get that. Yeah. But a segment at WrestleMania that people will never forget is oftentimes bigger than just a random match. And Elias is going to sit in the middle of the WrestleMania ring with 70 plus thousand people yep. and sing his song and probably have a, a some type of uh, segment with Jeff Jarrett or, or uh, Stone Cold or somebody, which is going to be much bigger than him being the random tag partner for Braun or being an Andre. So the other thing about that is he's 70,000 people are going to be saying walk with Elias. He, I mean, it, he, yes, his people are going to understand where he's at right now. Absolutely. So, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm, I'm with you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So there's your, there's your, we'll talk more. We can talk more about Elias if you want to, but I, I'm not, that, but I'm that, with you. There. That's it. I just wanted to point that out because it's the same way I felt about Bray Wyatt at 32. Now I yeah. realized that looked worse because everybody was hurt. But, you know, people have people don't give credit to Bray's arc because, you know, whatever. But in four WrestleManias, Bray has fought John Cena, The Undertaker, had a had a face off and a fight with The Rock and then walked in as WWE champion against Randy Orton. I don't know if anybody ever had a better four first years. Pretty good. You know, and yes, he lost all of the matches, but <laughs> I don't believe wins and losses. I don't believe wins and losses matter, so it doesn't bother me. 
But he should come back as a Chicago Cub. Shut up, lovable bro. loser. And then and then so basically Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> yeah, kinda, yeah. <laughs> so before we finish the pre-show, uh, the main event of the pre-show, which will, yes, I know you've been fighting the fight. It is not that big a deal for this to be on the pre-show. Chill out. They have done nothing. Can can I give you an analogy as to why it should be on the pre-show? Go ahead. I'm going to agree with it, I'm sure. Sure. And this, I'm sure only black people will understand this. But, okay. <laughs> I still agree. Yes. On the BET Awards every year, the, the, the gospel people only get one song. They don't get, they don't, their award don't get, their award barely gets on TV, and they get one song, and normally it's like three leaders with a big old choir, that, you know, or something like that. Yeah. The reason that is, is because even though gospel is a part of BET, it's only on Sundays. So you can't <laughs> disproportionately give them more than you give the rest of the stuff. So right. yes, the Cruiserweights deserve a spot on WrestleMania. Absolutely. They have worked hard to, in the eyes of a lot of fans, rebuild the division, even though it's fine in my eyes. They've done a lot to do that. And they have earned this platform and they've earned the right to have a marquee match with good time in front of these fans, but they didn't earn on the main. They didn't on the main show. I'm sorry, they just haven't. Maybe next year, maybe. But right now, probably not. Probably not. But this is and this is perfect for them because last year Neville and, and Austin Aries had more time than anybody except for I think the main event. Here, here's here's my point. Two two points. Two two big things. Yes, sir. The first thing. And you might not like this so much. I don't know. You paid more attention to the damn 205 live stuff than I do. I've been watching this since before the reboot, yes. So the match is Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander, which, by the way, was my predicted finals from the get-go. Everybody A lot of of people think it's going to be Cedric. I was one of the few that predicted Mustafa to win the whole thing. Okay. So I'm going to stick with that prediction. I'll just go ahead and throw that out now. I think Mustafa Ali is going to win. Same here, for the record. That's fine. Here's the thing. This is going to sound really bad. But one thing about WrestleMania is so a lot of the stories are it's it's good versus evil, man. This is like that's like WrestleMania is like for the most part, you know, it's yeah, you get every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, and like man, I know a lot of people care, but I just don't give a shit. This is a tournament. It literally like if you think about it from like the like and think about the NCAA basketball tournament, right? What makes mm-hmm. usually the tournament itself is great. Yeah. The last game always sucks. Absolutely, because nobody cares. And because and it's not like you have to come up with reasons to to fit this together. Now, of course, Mustafa and Cedric have kind of been there, you know, from the from the start or whatever, you know. Yeah. But that hasn't really just like there's no like huge driving story here, other than these two guys are great and they've been working hard and yeah. one of them's gonna win. And yeah. I just don't care about that yeah you know there's more to it than that but yeah sure i get your point they were and, friends they attacked the team together and their match that they had uh before the reboot is what basically caused the reboot because it was right. so good so yes and so my other my other point is just basically this and that's no disrespect to those guys i think the match is going to be awesome by the way sure. but um my other point is this and i've been angry about not angry but just kind of getting like irritated if I see another fucking petition to get <laughs> a wrestling match on the main card of a show, yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. Like, yeah. 
you want to do that for the for the women's battle royal? I get it. That's fair. That's a that's a company having a lack of self awareness, and you think, okay, this is bad. A wrestling match, a cruiserweight wrestling match, no less. And I'm not trying to diss on the cruiserweights, but in comparison, speak your truth, yeah. To all the other matches on that card, we're going to start signing petitions now. And I had someone say, well, wrestling's about having a voice. Yes. In the arena. Like, you can have it outside of the arena for things like the Moolah Battle Royal. But, you know, the Daniel Bryan thing doesn't work like it did back. the, The Yes Movement doesn't work outside the arena. Works inside the arena, man. All those things happened inside the arena. So let's, like... I just don't want it to become one of these things where, like, all of a sudden it's petitions everywhere. You know, you bump you, someone off, and now I'm, so now I'm starting a petition because you bumped off Nia and Alexa and moved into the pre-show. Now I'm starting a petition. Here's how you fix that. Stop leaving the arena when 205 comes on. That's Start fair. watching the show live when it's on at 930. Yeah. Then you won't have this problem. That's how you fix it. And that's fine. I just that, those are my two points about it. I I yeah. I mean, oh, the, the I'm already over, already over the pre-show. I think the match is going to be great. I think the fact that it's not on the main card is making people actually overlook the damn match in a lot of ways. Well, people and so, are going to complain about what the, we we wrestling fans are by nature complainers, so sure. And this happened last year with uh, the women the women's match. The women's the women's world title the SmackDown women's match was on the pre-show, and yeah. they moved Dean and corbin to the pre-show and i'm gonna be honest that was the right move not just because for many reasons one ambrose versus corbin was gonna be a dud anyway yeah but um i'm a naomi fan so i realize i'm biased but that moment for naomi and for the women having two women's title matches on the main card and naomi's entrance in her hometown yeah the dark with that set yeah that that's one of the most visually pleasing things we've ever seen in WWE was named. Let's also keep in mind that match because it got moved to the main show, I guarantee you got cut for time because of that. Oh yeah, it was like it was like seven minutes if less the match the the match sucked. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to be a jerk, but the match was not You're absolutely right. Yes. It and if they had if they had stayed on the pre show, and I'm not trying to advocate for it staying on the pre show. If it had stayed on the pre show, would have got more time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's fine. If y'all want and me and a buddy another dude were discussing this, go ahead and put it on the main card. It's gonna get five minutes. You know, and, keep it on the pre-show and let it get 20 and be happy. Because we're all going to see it. Nobody's going to miss it. Yeah. And while we're out here spitting Fuego takes, let me say this. Cedric Alexander, you're a great wrestler. Cedric Alexander, you're a great dude. But Cedric Alexander, you're a boring human. And I think had this been Mustafa versus Drew Gulak, or some contrasting style of, of clashes, not just in ring, but personality-wise. Yeah. It wasn't Carbon Copy versus Carbon Copy. The heart versus the soul, which is a really clever tagline, but that's the same shit. <laughs> um, you know, had you had Gulak and whatnot versus Ali, or even Gulak versus Alexander, whatever it was, I think there'd be more interest because not only would the match be still be great, but you know, you could you there'd be somebody for you to get behind. Yeah, but I'm we, with you. We've talked way too long about the pre-show. <sighs> you know how it is. You know how we are. Yeah, you know? we're quite verbose. There's only like two matches left, right, on Mania card. Two plus one. <laughs> yeah, two, if like you add one in front of it. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, okay. um, I'm going to do this a little different. I want to talk about. I like doing. I like giving respect to the championships. 
Okay. So let's talk about the two tag matches first that are non-title matches. Okay. So let's talk about Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Let's. Um. I've Don't go on a rant. Don't go on a rant. I'm not gonna do it. Okay, go ahead. I'm not gonna do it. I lied. I'm gonna do it. I have ex- <laughs> no plan. I have accepted the inevitable that Daniel's going to wrestle. I have accepted the inevitable that fans are behind it, and I'm just completely in the dark about this. That's fine. I'm okay. I never want anybody to take my stance. Never. Um, I hope and pray very strongly that he is going to he's given the grace to be healthy and not get injured. I'll leave it at that. So my job here is to be an analyst. So let's do this. Um, Shaming man is an idiot because if he really genuinely had diverticulitis, then he's a dumb fucking idiot. And I really believe that he did because every report, the observer, everything is saying that while the hernia might've been storyline, diverticulitis wasn't. Anyway, whatever. Um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are not getting fired from the company. Nope. Um, so I'm going to give you my prediction. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, I know everybody's predicting Shane to turn on Daniel Bryan, and I am as well, because Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to win this match. But my reason for Shane turning on Daniel Bryan is probably different than what y'all think. I'm not predicting Shane to turn on Daniel Bryan to have a feud. I'm predicting Shane to turn on Daniel Bryan because... Daniel Bryan two weeks ago proved that Shane was right since Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Right? So Shane had been telling him, you're letting them use you. You're living vicariously through them. You're not, they're not getting punished for what they, sh- what they should have been punished for. Everything. And I feel like Daniel's back and forth with Shane, of course, all kayfabe, may, it was what, that's what caused Shane to be more angry than what Kevin and Sammy were doing. Uh, because every time he tried to get some retribution to justice, uh, uh, Daniel would undercut him. Same with AJ, if you will. And Daniel basically admitted I was wrong or whatnot. So my thought process is what Shane's going to do is Shane going to trade him at the Shane going to trade him at the Superstar Shakeup anyway in a couple weeks. Right. Sure. And uh, <clears throat> but. He's going to get retribution because if if Daniel didn't do if Daniel didn't stick up for them the way he did, Shane would have never gotten hurt. Yeah, that's fair, right? Because it would have been gone already. So yeah, that's why right, I, yeah. that's why I think it would. And be, and remember, Shane can just fire Daniel and just make him a, a, a in ring in ring competitor because that's what Daniel wants anyway. Daniel's going to quit anyway as a general manager. So Correct, yeah. my and and then I think. I'm, I, I love chaos and anarchy when it comes to wrestling. So it's going to bring me so much joy to see Daniel Bryan triumphantly return to WrestleMania in wrestling. His first match back, and he gets the crowd into it. And his yes is everywhere, and he gets pinned. I will be <laughs> in. I will be in euphoria to see that happen. Like I hate. I want to be there for that match just to see Daniel Bryan lose. I'm already. <laughs> I'm already crowd. worried about. The, the future of the show. God, I hope it doesn't open. <laughs> well, this is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, but that's, that's my uh, point. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of along the same lines there. I think Shane will be the one to turn. Obviously, Kevin and Sammy aren't going anywhere. We know that. Um, although, in, in a, a, a small little part of me, 
No, that's a big part. Wants me to see Daniel Bryan do the turn. You know, only oh, turn because. Hill? Oh yeah, God. only, only I don't, because. They're not that bold. They're not that bold. No, no, they're not that bold. They're not. But, oh, my God, dude. They want to. I'll tell you what. If all they had to do, if their only criteria as a company was to make me happy, yeah. that's what they would do. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I would love to see that. But, good Lord, that would not go over well. Just like him getting pinned might not go over well, but it might. In the sense that, you know, well, it took Shane turning on him and all this other shit. And Daniel's back to being the underdog, you know, that whole thing. That And then then, this is a very weird – I talked about this about Jordan on the morning show I do with him now this morning. In that the crowd is very smart in that Kevin and Sammy – it took Kevin and Sammy to attack and to injure Daniel Bryan on the night – he returned back to active competition after three years to get over as heels, to get booed. It took all that for them to get booed. Yeah. So the crowd is all in on Shane and, and Daniel getting retribution, but every time they mention firing them, the crowd's like, because eh, eh, they don't want them to go. So the crowd is going to, un- I think the crowd is going to be at least more understanding because <clears throat> Daniel's still going to be around. He's, God willing, he's still going to wrestle, but at least you don't quote unquote lose Sammy and Kevin. Plus plus it opens the door immediately. Say Daniel gets pinned, Shane just fires him or he quits his GM and Shane's and Daniel's just a back to entering competition. It automatically opens the door for his first two matches, Sammy, Kevin. Yeah. I mean automatically. Like and yeah. people are gonna want to see those, you know, so let's people are gonna see Daniel versus uh James Ellsworth. It doesn't matter. They just want to see him wrestle. So. That's true, but you know what you're really going to get out of something like with Daniel and those other two, those two guys. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so yeah, but I'm kind of with you there. Predictions we're not really veering off too much here, but yeah. Well, you know, me and you are very similar in a lot of our thought processes, but the other, might change towards the end though. But go we're ahead. We're definitely going to change in some of these matches. I know. Um, so again, since I did one, since I want to do the non-title matches, let's move on to the Authority versus the Olympians, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, who's for the record, this is probably the most interesting stat I've heard in a long time. This is Stephanie's first match at WrestleMania. Really? I didn't I didn't know that ever. Yeah. Ever. Stephanie McMahon, who has been in the company her whole life, has never wrestled a match at WrestleMania. This is It's crazy because all I hear is that her ego is just so big. Yeah, she just buries everybody, but she's never <laughs> just like Triple H has buried everybody, but Triple H has lost the most matches in WrestleMania history, but you know. <laughs> eh, facts don't mean nothing. But anyway, versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey. Um I th- think they've done as just about as good a build as they could when you consider that even though Ronda has been at every Raw except for one, at least visibly, uh, three of these people don't really come to work every week. So it's been... Yeah. They've, they've done as good a build as they could have, and I like the kind of finale build with the MMA-style uh, press conference and the picture-taking, which turned into, of course, a brawl. And Stephanie, which didn't look as good live but when you watched the replay and saw how high she got Ronda up it looked better yeah um but yeah I'm excited about this and I think this could tell a really good story because everybody wants to see Stephanie get beat, get her ass beat everybody does yeah and Ronda has one job and that's to rip her arm out so yeah I just hope Kurt and his scoliosis body is able to <laughs> last well enough and I love Kurt this is no diss to him but Kurt is physically wrecked. Just look at him. Let's 
Uh, okay. I just want to say this real quick. My, my buddy, a lot of people on this podcast don't know my buddy Dustin, but he's who I'm going with to New Orleans tomorrow. We're going down there together. I've been friends with him for a real long time. Uh, he has a disability. He's got spina bifida. And he always, and he walks with a brace on his leg. And he is, you know, his body is shaped weird because of it, you know, because of how he walks and stuff. And he has back issues. And so me and him were talking the other day. And he said this multiple times that he says, and I quote, Kurt Angle looks like me. He looks like, <laughs> he looks like the letter S. Like, yeah. every, like the way he stands, you know, it's so messed up. Anyways, offsides of that. Yeah, man, this is, um, you know, Stephanie's got to get hurt at WrestleMania so she can be off TV for a while. That's 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 the rule. Uh, what was it last year? She fell, went through the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year before that, she Took got speared. Speed. Yeah. So she's got it's time for her to go away for a little while. She'll take four months off or so until SummerSlam. Um, and then I don't know what the plan will be with Rousey, but Rousey ain't losing her first match. So oh, if she does, I would. I mean, I would. That would be the biggest. That would be the biggest shock of the night to me is if Rousey and Kurt were to lose. I just there's there's no way. I don't. I mean, I, uh, the 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 build's been pretty good. A lot of people aren't digging Ronda so far. And that's crowded. mostly the crowd. Well, I know the crowd, crowd is, is definitely that, digging. That's her. mostly the you know who's. Yeah. Um, that's okay. You know, and I'll I'll say this. You know, it's it's not easy always to transition from UFC where you don't have to be a character. I mean, there are characters, but you don't have to be a character. You yeah. know, and come to WWE, and that's like fifty percent of your job. Okay. Yeah, probably more. Like that. Yeah. Like so, she's still learning. She wasn't. She's not a. It's not like Brock Lesnar who went from wrestling first and then to UFC. Absolutely. And by the way, still can't talk. So let's let's well, keep he, that in mind. He can talk in a sit down environment where he can cuss a storm up. Yes. Right. That's what I'm saying though. But on not a on WWE live television. Ring, no. Yeah. He cannot. So, yeah. I mean, let's all cool the jets. You know, let Ronda be what she is. I think that they don't need to press too much on the on the on the mic work because she doesn't need it. Like I'm not saying she doesn't ever have to, but she doesn't need it. In the way that, you know, some other guys do. Like, she's not, like, The Miz has to be good on the mic. Because in the ring, he's usually outclassed by everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very good point. Ronda is different. She can beat you in the ring. She doesn't have to. Now, not everybody's Kurt Angle, who sure. was great in the ring, great on the mic. Like, not everybody is that sure. good immediately coming out. So, pump the brakes on Ronda if you have issues. Give her a chance if you don't like her. I think you're going to be surprised over time. Rhonda and Kurt win. That's my prediction. Armbar. <laughs> yeah. Armbar. Arm so I'm going to see this portion of the show to you because mm. I refuse to talk about it. I'm only saying it because I'm contractually obligated to. Okay. I don't know if The Undertaker and John Cena are going to have a match or a segment or what, but I'm not interested in it whatsoever. So Taker is your favorite wrestler of all time besides Razor Ramon. Please. Um, I don't. It. I don't have any interest in seeing Undertaker wrestle again. Uh, I'm going to adamantly disagree with people who have been saying that all this is this giant waste of time. First of all, the name Undertaker gets reaction. So whether they spend ten minutes on John Cena calling him a coward and all these other things in the ring or not, and that bothers you, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry if that bothers you, and you'd rather see five more minutes of. 
Grand Metalik and Akira Tozawa versus whatever. I'm Pull sorry. Pull the shovel out, Carl. Pull the like, shovel out. I'm Good sorry, but no, no offense to these guys, but they're not John Cena and they're not The Undertaker. No matter what you think about either one of those guys, they're not them. Okay? And not to mention, if it didn't – if if you dislike it so much, why are you still talking about it? Like, it bugs you so much. The reality is, I think what they've done, whether they have a match or not, I think what they've done has generated a lot of positive buzz. No, no, okay, buzz, yes, not positive. Well, I mean, I mean, what I mean by that though is like, we're all still kind of wondering. There's a lot of like, I mean, you, positive. Well, the reaction that the Undertaker has gotten anytime John Cena mentions him has been. In the crowd, but we want the match. Yeah, yeah, but yes. but that's you know? the, but that's the problem. The problem is, you're 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 trying to imply they definitely have not sold the match. There has never been no. once a selling, but they're trying to imply that there will be some confrontation or Undertaker will respond or something, right? And nothing. And it's not like Cena's coming out and just barely mentioning it. He's having twenty minute promos about begging the guy to come wrestle again. Kane no, well, came back just to wrestle him because that's his brother. So yeah. don't get me wrong. I understand well, what you're Cena saying. Looks like a, Cena looks like a douche, a desperate douche, because he just has to be at WrestleMania. Which is, I which mean, is, I, I do like that turn about it. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, what I, I guess the thing is, the idea is like, nobody really knows what's going to happen. They've, they've kept it pretty quiet. So I think in some ways that it does, people are going to watch WrestleMania regardless. Yeah. Right. But, if let's just say, will Akira Tozawa wrestle Grand Metalik at WrestleMania, or will John Cena, the Undertaker, wrestle? You You're know what I mean? Like, this this is all I'm saying, Carl. <laughs> this is all I'm saying. This is all I'm saying. I think pretty much it's we pretty much all agree that Taker will be there and they'll have some type of encounter. Okay, I've accepted that. But forget Grand Metalik and Akira Tozawa. <laughs> John Cena is still looked at as the face of the company. Yeah. He's such a big name and he's extremely big because his movie that is 90% on 90% fresh around tomatoes blockers comes out April 6th. So he's more relevant. Okay, shill. Then I'm, well, I'm, you know, Hey, I've got to pay for this podcast stuff some kind of way. Right. <laughs> I see. Uh, that. <laughs> but he's, he's more relevant than ever. He's more relevant than ever because you know, right. He he has become a legitimate movie star. He's not yeah. just the guy that does movies. He's a legitimate movie star now. Yeah. Um. So that notwithstanding, you have a huge portion of your fan base that's expecting to see a John Cena match. And I ain't talking about that's gonna sell him in the building because the name WrestleMania sells him in the building. But the two most synonymous names of the past 15 years with WrestleMania, well, WrestleMania ever is Taker, and the past 15 years is John Cena. So this is a match everybody's wanted, and you're implying it over and over and over and over and over again. Now, I am very okay with the fact of doing some last-minute stuff, but last-minute isn't the night of. Last-minute is last-minute, so there should have been something Monday, but there was nothing. So all I'm saying is, if you weren't going to do that, then let John have a different feud and let him build with somebody else. That's all right. I'm saying, because you've wasted time now. Now you've legitimately wasted time. It's right. completely. I understand that the payoff would be cool live, and this is the time to do it because the gate's always going to be the gate. You're always going to sell because of WrestleMania. You don't have to sell pay-per-views because it's on the network. You you can control the time. I, yes, 
it's perfect time to try something like this. But these are the people you try it with because these are your pillars of your company. Right. And that's well, the issue I have. I get I get that. I, I, will, I will say this. Um, and because what you were saying is exactly my point as to why what we were we had kind of alluded to earlier that they've done a lot. They're doing a lot of different things. Yeah. Trying trying different stuff this year because the they reality can. is they Mania can. is going to sell. They can do it. They don't have to throw together the, the most. And this card is fucking stacked, by the way. But they don't have to do that yes. every year because people are not going to WrestleMania these days for the card anymore. No matter. Yeah. I mean, some people are. But they're not. They're going to go down there for the weekend and do all the and other shit. That's what people do, man. It's, and, a, it's an event. And the tickets are bought before you know what the card is. So yeah, I mean, play. yeah, it's it's an event. You know, we're going down for the experience. You know, yeah. so that's what people do. Uh, so yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I just don't know very many feuds where you can. If you want to try this, who do you try it with? You know, and I, I will say this: what's kind of disappointing is if Cena doesn't have a match, it should be two out of the last three years. Mm-hmm. And you know, thirty-two, he was hurt, and thirty-three, the match was trash. I mean, him and the, the whole tag thing with him it proposing it had a bigger, it had a big, bigger point. But yes, it was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a fifteen-minute segment. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a match. It was a bigger point. So, yes. so basically, you're looking at three years of nothing from John Cena in a lot of ways, unless. You're just hell bent on the total divas and the love of the fiance and all that well, shit. Total fellas or whatever. I am actually yes, and don't disrespect well. Rusev because that <laughs> match was really good at 31. I forgot about that one, but that's yeah. the last time we've seen Cena in a, like a really good match at WrestleMania. WrestleMania 30 was a great match with John. With but here's Ray Wyatt. But here's all the thing: of 29 and 28 was with The Rock. That's not here's true. The thing. <laughs> No, I'm saying that's the last time we've seen it was 31 because 32 didn't wrestle 33. It was not a good match in 34, but we don't know yet. Here's the thing, though. If it is The Undertaker, still ain't going to be a good match. It's not going to be a match. There's no way in hell they're going to have a match. I know, but if if they did, like people, you know, like there's that. Oh, no, it's going to be trash. Absolutely. It'll be trash. So we're still not going to get a good John Cena match this year at WrestleMania unless someone just randomly is like, you know what, motherfucker? Like a returning Samoa Joe or someone like that decides to answer his call. That's the, that you know? was the match that we all wanted. Right. So if that happens, impromptu match, we, nobody's known if Samoa was, Joe was coming or not, right? And we didn't know. I don't, I mean, yeah, you won't see The Undertaker. Who I don't know. I mean, he got to go away eventually. I mean, I don't, you I'm cool to- with matches randomly happening because it's something they're trying that's different. I'd like to see how it goes over if Taker weren't showing up. I've said before, I'd love to see Taker not show up at all, completely ghost his ass, and all of 2018, John Cena's storyline is searching through taverns and <laughs> shooting ranges and and flagpoles trying to find the Undertaker. No, I saw I saw a tweet that said that it's WrestleMania 30, it's WrestleMania 34, John Cena comes out and calls out the Undertaker for 15 minutes, and Vince, Linda, Triple H, and Stephanie come out and they're concerned because they fired they fired Undertaker in 2003, and he's been seeing this for 15 years. <laughs> I like um, that. That's pretty good. But to your but to your point, and we got to move on from this because I did not want to talk about this very long. But it, they but who they are re- warrants it. They're, respect to the people who they are. Um, you want to know how un, how un uh, advertised matches go over at WrestleMania? Luke I mean, Eric Rowan versus The Rock. <laughs> we were there. Yeah, well, that was also very impromptu. Like, there was no nothing prior. We just knew The Rock was – I think we knew The Rock was going to be there. 
But we didn't know what the Wyatt family was going to be doing. You know no, what I mean? Yeah, like, no, yes, we did. If, I know, if, but they didn't like allude to it. Like Cena's literally been out there trying to so get the Undertaker. Right. It wasn't like Luke Harp, Luke, or it was it Rowan. Eric it was wasn't like Rowan was like, "Hey, the Rock, we want your ass at WrestleMania." You know what I mean? It wasn't like yeah. that. But so, I get your, to your point, that that's fair. Yeah. You you asked me who could you do this with this year feasibly? If yeah, I, I, I'm curious about that. Braun Strowman. And let me okay. use that as my segue to the I, boy. I'm on it today. I like it. Uh, okay, thank you. Um, so Braun versus the Bar, Braun and a partner versus the Bar. Um, if you if you kind of take the I'm big on subtleties and I'm big on context and story, full story. Um, because I think everything matters on TV to me, and I realize I'm an idiot for thinking that, but that's just how I feel. When Braun started his singles career in WWE post Riot Family. The whole gimmick was, I want more competition. He started fighting yeah. two people at the same time. I want more competition. Well, I feel like this is a perfect callback to that because he just, he pinned five people in the damn elimination chamber and lost out of some luck to Roman. Yeah. He realized he couldn't be in the world title match. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, so I, I had I had to. I love and hate that music simultaneously. Um. <laughs> But so he was like, okay, well, what, what's the, what is the most I can do to get my competition so I can be world champ? I'll take on the tag team champs by myself. So I'm okay with it. But Braun deserves a better spot. The bar deserves a better spot. So just to kind of segue the two segments, if Braun was a guy called not taker, I'd be more okay with it because Braun's the guy who needs a segment more than John Cena does and give John sure. Cena a match. Now onto this match. Who's going to be? Who's going to win? Who's going to be the uh, the tag team partner? Uh, the tag team partner is going to be the Undertaker because he's going to ghost John yeah. Cena. The well, Taker's going to come out like, you know. That's our show, guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs> How hilarious! <laughs> Tell me, sitting at, just sitting in your chair right now, if Cena came out and did all this shit at WrestleMania, Taker didn't show up. <laughs> And then the very next segment was Braun, and the Undertaker came out as his partner. I gotta that be honest, the funniest shit. I would pop so hard. I'll be, I'll be, I'll become a Taker fan again. Oh my god. I okay, lie. I have no idea who Braun's partner is gonna be, so I'm just gonna start. You know, you gotta give me one. There's a, few, there's a, I'll, I'll give you one. There's a few pe- things I'd like to see. Uh, so I'm gonna give you what I'd like to see first. What I think would be hilarious. What might be cool. I think James Ellsworth would be hilarious. Absolutely. It's not gonna happen, but it would be hilarious okay um i think a returning samoa joe would be cool but i can't see samoa joe wanting to do that like that samoa joe's samoa joe is joe's gonna face his own uh, guy and joe's gonna joe's scheduled to face roman for the title after wrestlemania so yeah not joe um big cast is is a name that you kind of hear keep going keep moving no keep going I'm hoping for Neville. If I was going to pick someone, that's who I would pick is Neville. And if you remember, <laughs> if you remember, yes. before you, before you go on, say, yeah. yes, Braun Strowman kind of gave him the nod of approval yeah. when Neville was jumping Enzo. So, and supposedly they've been trying to talk Neville into coming back or whatever. They've been trying to, what's I don't know what the right word is, but kind of figure that situation out, make things better on that end of it. Yeah. And I hope so. I mean, I know maybe a lot of people don't like the way Neville went about his business or whatever, and that's fine. You know, but the WWE, if they're anything, they're forgiving, and he's a top talent, and I want to see him on TV. Okay. So I have no issues. I would let's that's I'm going to go ahead and predict it. 
Okay. Mostly because what I want to see, and I don't really have a better guess. I mean, I really don't. I, I, I feel like it could be a number of people, you know? Okay. But I feel like that one with the old the callback, if people will remember, I'm sure some people will, Yeah. would be a cool way to introduce Neville back into – he's been gone for a while, so it would be a cool way to, to bring Absolutely. him back. And get about 12-5 live. Oh, and by the way, who do I think is going to win? Braun Strowman. Yeah, and, Braun's going to win, yes. Yeah, Braun Whoever and his Whoever he partner. tags with, Braun's going to win. So the real question is who his partner is going to be. So I'm going to give you who I think is going to be and who it should be. Okay. Who I think is – and for, for the record, let me acknowledge that. Had it been Rey Mysterio like it was scheduled to be before Rey couldn't pass the test, that would have been funny as hell to see. Yeah, it would. But um, but who, it, who should it be? Bray Wyatt. And I say it should be Bray Wyatt because Bray is clearly in a crossroads right now with his career in kayfabe. Yeah. Right? And Bray, whose whole whose whole story arc has been about family, well, it would make sense for him to seek out family. And I just yeah. think there's it's something really cool for the prospect of the Wyatt family being both champions on both shows. Yeah, with the Bludgeon Brothers, sure. Yeah, that okay. would be a really cool callback. Plus, if you look at the real life aspect of it, Braun and Bray are best friends. They travel together all the time, and they're very open. They take pictures all the time. They're very open about it. So they did one recently, a couple days ago, with yeah. the Rollies, yeah. But it's gonna. Be, I think it's gonna be Big Show. Okay. And the reason I think it's gonna be Big Show is because Big Show has given so much to that company. Yeah. Uh, so much to wrestling, but so much to that company. Big Show has sacrificed his, uh, probably his legitimacy, legitimacy, uh, for the sake of good television, oftentimes. So Vince is a Vince. Whether I know a lot of fans are gonna disagree with this, but Vince is a loyal dude. And he's a rewarding dude if you re- if you reward him with loyalty. So I feel like Vince would want to give Big Show one last moment. And That's fair. Since Braun has turned full on face, like it's one thing to get cheered. It's another thing yeah. to pander to the to pander to the crowd. Oh, yeah, Braun's a, a full on face. Yes, yeah. And remember the last time I saw Big Show, Braun basically destroyed him. So yeah. I think it'd be a good callback for that for Braun to get kind of his redemption, kind of like Seth did with Dean, and letting Big Show put him over and giving Big Show his moment. Yeah. And there there are possibilities here. There's a lot. If you go back and go through all the things Braun has done mm-hmm. over the last year, mm-hmm. I think is a – yeah. I mean, over the last year, basically, all the things Braun has done, it leaves a lot of possibilities open. Yeah. It you does. know, and it really does. Bray is a possibility. Yeah. You know, even Neville to some degree, if you feel like, oh, okay, and the, the nod of approval. Big Show. There's, I mean, there are – a multitude of names that you could probably go with. And by the way, before we move on, I do want to say one thing um, about, cause we haven't, I mean, yes, it's not just about, it is just about Braun, but let's just, I, I'm really happy that Seamus and Zara are like, it kind of sucks because of how good they've been, even including up to last year where Matt Hardy and Jeff came in. Stole the great moment, great moment, right? Cool yeah. moment. And took the titles off of them. It helped to facilitate that heel turn for them. Well, at the it, time, it didn't turn to the, no, they took the, titles, took the titles off of Anderson and Gallows for the record, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. But, you know, eventually they had to, it kind of helped them. But I feel like they've been so good as a team, and like a lot of people, they, they're getting their props. But man, you kind of like, it almost feels like they're being, they're definitely being overshadowed a little bit here because Braun is so over, which is why you said, and to your point, it's not. Both guys, Braun and the Bar, both of the both you know groups there should be in a better spot. 
yeah you know on, on WrestleMania I think that because I mean in a, in a lot of ways you're you know if you, however you feel about people being where they shouldn't be or whatever but yeah, yeah I just I just wanted to give him the little shout out a little prop because we're not talking love. yes I do feel like one or both will be moved in the superstar shakeup though uh, that's a good chance of it. Cesaro and Sheamus have already voiced their frustration with Kurt Angle. It has yeah. to be treated a while back. They're so, the ones that brought it up the first time. Send and, them to SmackDown and let them feud with the Usos right off the bat. No, the Usos come to Raw, I believe. And maybe yeah. I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you that why. Maybe on maybe on wax, maybe in person later. But um, for the record, I realize Braun Strowman and Big Show should be unstoppable, but but. but the way you write your way, the way you write yourself, way you write yourself out of that is by calling up the authors of pain, and then the authors of pain take off the take the tiles off of them because the authors jumping on Big Show and taking him out and kind of sneaking Brun out of the that's that's how you write yourself out of that because yeah. the authors feasibly can stand up with Brun and Big Show. But moving to the other triple threat, to the tag team match in SmackDown, the Usos have made the main card, y'all. Yay! About time. About time. Nine years. This is so deserving. I feel like my baby has graduated high school. Um, <laughs> maybe not really. But the New Day versus the Usos versus the Bludgeon Brothers in what has yet to be announced as a ladder match. May not, maybe. But still, the three entities involved all have great, 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 great talent and chemistry. Um, who you got? Well, first of all, hopefully they will announce it as a ladder match. I know that sounds like, why? But there's no gimmick matches. Currently, that no I can think ones, of. Yeah. No real ones, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, nothing with a ladder, nothing with a cage, nothing crazy. So, you got to have one. You don't have to. It'd be cool to see him not do it. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe they'll do that. Who do I have? I have the Usos. I Look, every title can't change hands. It might. A lot Gee, of them might. It's WrestleMania. But, I mean, it, it, it might. I don't like that. You know what I mean? I don't like it where it's like, all the titles change, and I'm going to be predicting some retaining champs. By the way, I'm about to very like next. Uh, yes, but um, I'm going to pick the Usos here. Um, I don't think the New Day. Maybe they get rewarded for not having a match last year, even though they got to be the host and fuck around and have an awesome time last year. Whatever. <laughs> um, maybe they just want to do the dominance with the Bludgeon Brothers as tag team champs for a minute. They might want to do that. But with this being the Usos' first crack at a Mania card, uh, yeah, I'm just going to pick them. And I don't really have any, like, reason, you know? I just I, I feel like they're the most interesting of the three teams. The New Day is still fun. They're not interesting as much anymore. Big well, E by himself kind of is. But, but they like don't, they don't do anything in the ring anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so the Usos, it's on lock, all right? Okay, so. I got the Usos. So, I'm going to fantasy book while I do this, and I'm going to do it really, really fast. I <laughs> am predicting that the Bludgeon Brothers win. Because, number one, the story calls for it. Right? Neither team can beat them. So, right. Um, yeah. I, so, I, I believe, and plus, like I said, I think it'd be cool to see the Wyatts, all the Wyatts end up with the titles and whatnot. But, um,. I see the Bludgeon Brothers winning, and I see Cesaro and Sheamus getting moved to SmackDown, and Cesaro and Sheamus versus Harper and Rowan for two months. Ooh. Ought to be very good television watching. Brutal. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> and 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 I see the Usos being moved to Raw, which is why I don't see them winning the titles, because I see the Usos getting put back with their cousin. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And I see a Joe Authors of Pain versus Roman versus a Bloodline feud. I got you. Now this okay. is of course all me. No, nothing is saying this. Nothing has. There's nothing on TV. There's no backstage rumor. Meltzer hasn't said nothing. It's just all assumptions. But that's what I'm thinking. But I still think the Bludgeon Brothers will win, only because it makes the most sense. And you can tell the you can tell the you can tell the best and the longest term story with the Bludgeon Brothers because they haven't won it before. They're a new team. They haven't shown everything they can show. They're the bad guys. You can have all the good guys try to come and overtake them. Yeah, so I got the Bludgeon Brothers. That's fair. That's fair. I've got, I don't have much more to add. So uh, when we had our long-ass diatribe about the petition, the petition-induced Cruiserweight Championship match, the, the number one match that most people all seated that should take the place of the Cruiserweight title match on the pre-show was the United States Championship Fatal 4-Way match. Between Randall Keith Orton, Bob Roode, as Rusev will call him, Jinder Mahal with Singh Brother Number One, I believe it's Sunil. Sure. And uh, Rusev with his bard, Aiden English. Now, I want to say this. There's build to the match. We ain't gonna talk about that, but I want to say this. I need I need to be very. It's very important that I say this because a lot of people. This is probably the least most anticipated full like standard match on the card yeah all four of these guys deserve this spot okay i understand that this might not be the most popular match i understand that this might not be the match that's going to pop you in terms of eye catching moves and this that and the other but all four of these guys have worked their asses off to to well three of these guys randy is randy (laughs) but you know (laughs) to be in the spot. Rusev has worked so hard at rebuilding himself and his gimmick that his merch sale alone got him back in this match. Jinder Mahal had the greatest glow up in wrestling history, moving from world from jobber to world champion in less than three months. Mm-hmm. Bobby Roode has had a very successful uh, debut year. The only issue is we want to see him as a heel, so we never took Correct. him seriously as he could have been taken. And Randy, for all of his flaws, is still one of the five, ten best wrestlers in the world when he's motivated. And he's always motivated at big shows. Always motivated at big shows. And I guarantee you, he's looking forward to do some crazy arc here out of nowhere to top what he did with Seth, because that's just how he is. So, I wanted to say that because most people, I I, I guarantee you most other shows are going to listen to this and kind of like, ah, okay, such and such. No. These four guys deserve this spot. And I want them to have their moment because they have worked hard. They deserve their moment. So I need yeah. to give them the credit for that. So with that being said, I want you to I want to give you your time because I know you're a big fan of a lot of guys in this match. Um, I am going to predict Rusev, um, even though gender should win. But I'm going to predict Rusev because I feel like uh, <laughs> in my predictions for Social Suplex, I wrote... I think WWE is going to strike while the iron is hot, dot, 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 for once. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I got Rusev. So, did you hear the whole rumor with Rusev today? Um, The way you're talking, probably not. What was it? Supposedly, 
a couple of weeks ago. Now, granted, who knows? PW Insider, I don't know how legitimate they are because I don't pay attention to these dirt sheets, but I just see shit on my timeline. Supposedly, Rusev asked for his release a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my goodness. And WWE's response was to put him into this fatal four-way. Is that why they're saying? Because I was told it was merch sales. See? Oh. So there we go. We got two con- two conflicting stories, right? Oh. Um, and, and with that... I also think Rusev is if that if any of that is true, I think Rusev I think Rusev is winning the belt. Oh yeah. Um, first of all, well, who's the champ? Randy? This is Randy bad. Is you no, know, like, this is the that's the problem with the feud. That, yeah. There's a problem with the feud that the, I won't say the guys are languishing, but there's just is not anything interesting going on with it, which is a a microcosm of the problem with SmackDown, which is two hours, and not yeah. enough time to build effective stories. But yes, Randy is especially great. with four guys, at, you yeah. know, and like and one's being kind of thrown in late and that kind of thing. So and you could argue that Ziggler and uh, Corbin are more deserving of being in the match than some of these guys. So, yes. Right. So I think Rusev is going to win. I'm with you. I think Ginger should win. I think Ginger would be the best choice to win yes. simply because he's tailor made to be U.S. champ. Yep, exactly. He's every like all he does is shit on Americans. Mm-hmm. I know everybody hates that, the cheap Pete nowadays. Nobody wants to see the, the foreign guy, the foreign heel. You know what? I still want to see it. And it works, I don't care. it works better with the U.S. title because mm-hmm. now at least it's not the WWE championship, right? right? So you still have your foreign heel and he's got the U.S. title, you know, like that. And imagine so, if he drops it in the trash and brings out the Indian championship. See, that Ooh, would Christ. be I, – I would lose my mind if he did something like that, yeah. like in a good way. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, like – to me, gender should win. Uh, I don't think, I mean, Randy's Randy, you know, they just got him that belt so he could win that grand slam title. I feel the grand slam and, accomplishment. And because they had to find a way to put him in this feud because Randy wouldn't fit. Had he not been in the title, had he not been in the title picture. Yeah. Cause gender and Bobby had a real feud. Randy had yeah. to be involved some kind of way. So the only way to get him involved is give him the title. Yeah. And Bobby Roode, you know, he has had a good year. You're right. He should – we wanted to see him as heel. Uh, I'm not – everybody knows that knows me. I'm not the biggest Bobby Roode fan, but even I can agree that the heel, glorious Bobby Roode is what we wanted to see. You know, that's what we want. So he's not very interesting either. Like the whole feud, yeah. while it's – the feud itself is not that great, I agree with you. All four of these guys have worked super hard, three – Randy, yes, has, three, yes. Randy, Randy is Randy. Yes. But hey, Randy also, you know, pulled that Punjabi prison match, and he had did a whole four month deal with with gender, three months, whatever it was. And no I mean, no diss to Randy. Randy has paid his dues. Yeah. I, no diss to Randy. It's and you're just, not putting Randy on the pre show either. Okay. Be, that's another. Thing I mean, yes. that's I mean, just not happening. You want hey, you want a shitty, unmotivated Randy Orton? <laughs> put him on the pre show. <laughs> Basically, okay. as motivated as Dean Ambrose was last year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, now, now, I feel like someone like Gender is going to be motivated regardless. Okay. But you also can't, you also can't put a, the like a very recent WWE champion. You're just going to put him on the pre-show. Like, there's some reasons behind some of this stuff. These guys are more high profile than the cruiserweight guys. It's just reality, and we're just yeah, going to have to live with it. But the fans, you know? but, but the fans would rather would like to see Gender Mahal be on, be an access instead. Of, oh, I know. So yeah. They but, wouldn't even go see him at Access. You, that's a good point. Yeah, I would love to I see. Would. I would love to see the crowd for Jinder Mahal. Speaking of that, 
I haven't seen the ride along with him and Sunil Singh yet, but yeah. I think you somebody somebody posted it might have been you retweeting it. But Gender continues to prove from what I read that he's just the nicest human being alive. Yeah, that's the same thing. Same thing I've heard as well. Like he's just yeah. a really good dude, and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean hey, give him the world. Sure. But you know, at least at the very least, you know, you his peers respect him. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's so that that has to mean something. Uh, but anyways, yeah, prediction. We both got Rusev. I would not be surprised if Ginger did win. By the way, yeah. Um, I, I don't see Randy retaining, um, and I don't see Bobby winning it back. So, but I do see this being the catalyst for Bobby turning heel. That could be. That could be. Um, now, we're gonna get to your favorite match. <laughs> yeah. The Intercontinental Championship match. Yes. Uh, between the Miz, Finn Balor for everyone, and yes. Seth Monday Night freaking Rollins. Yeah. Um. So every every WrestleMania. Probably everyone, but definitely since three, has had a mid-card match that fans kind of have gravitated to that may be almost as uh, anticipated as some of the main events. It's kind of like the Savage Steamboat story or conundrum or whatever you want to call it, right? This is that match. Uh, Because the year the Miz has had, the Miz has not only remade himself, but he's remade that championship into yep. a legitimate marquee championship. Seth Rollins has reminded everybody why he might be, with respect to AJ Styles, the best wrestler in the company. And Finn Balor, Finn Balor, and I'm about to say this, and it's going to sound really messed up, but please understand where I'm coming from. Finn Balor's a cockroach. And that no matter what happens to this dude, he's going to stay over, excuse me, he's going to stay relevant, and he's always going to wrestle great matches. So, you know, People were swearing to me that Finn Balor was buried at the beginning of at, in the middle of last year, but here we are going into WrestleMania. Well, shut up. Here we are going <laughs> into WrestleMania, and he's in one of the clearly he's not in one of the top marquee matches that's gonna be on the side of the building. But this is still a huge match for a dude's first WrestleMania. So, um, Miz, Finn, Seth. It's notable that Miz had the baby, so he doesn't have to leave the show. So he can focus on the match. Miz, in fact, just won the Mixed Match Challenge. So he's really hot. But yeah. and, and Seth finally got his win back on Finn on Raw. So you, this being your match of your most ex, ex, uh, anticipated match of choice, what are you thinking? Well, also, remember, Miz is, still, is also chasing history as someone trying to hold the record for the longest uh, time as intercontinental champion. So let's keep that in mind. Um, yeah, th this is the match that I feel like nobody thinks that this will be the one to steal the show. They think it's going to be AJ and Shinsuke, maybe even Charlotte and Asuka. I feel like this match could really, really steal the show. Um, Many First of all, the car can steal the show, by the way. They, they could, but like, I don't think people are really thinking about this one necessarily because I think they're going to look at it as, oh, yeah, it's Finn and Seth, but it's also The Miz, right? And The Miz is kind of like, he's a very, like, kind of formulaic in how he wrestles. And Finn and Seth will do a lot of different stuff. Well, Seth. But anyways, um, my thought process here is is difficult because Miz just 
Miz and Maurice just had their kid. And a part of me says, okay, well, maybe the Miz wants to take some time off and go be with his kid because the kid was just born. That's fair. Uh, The other part of me says, first of all, I just want to say, I don't think Seth is winning this match. Um, I I think it either comes down to Finn or Miz. And the reason why I say that is because I feel like uh, Seth, now granted, he he hasn't become a Grand Slam champion yet, if I'm mistaken. That's the one title. Seth. He hasn't won the IC title. So there's there's that, but I still don't think it's going to happen. I think it's got to be Finn or Miz. It's Miz if they want him to break that record. Mm -hmm. It's Finn if you want him, like, as Miz said, since he came back, he's done nothing. That's true. I mean, Miz has done nothing but spit fire true facts all over this feud. And honestly, this feud is as interesting as it is because of him. Okay? Yeah, you can love Finn and Seth the wrestlers all you want. Okay? And that's fine. You can love Prince Devitt. And you can love Tyler Black and all those. Please call it correctly great. before you get. I, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, You can do all that. But the reality is Miz is the one that's put this whole thing over. And so there's something to be said about that. And not to mention how many more times I got to see Miz after, after what happened last year, where he was basically just there to get pinned coming off the year he had, he still ended up being in a segment where he basically just was there. So John Cena could propose to his girlfriend. I want to see the Miz win. I'm predicting the Miz to retain even though I think he could leave and go spend time with his kid, which would be perfectly fine. I think he is the deserving one, but I do think Finn is next up. I think Seth is the least likely to win this thing. Um, you could even go by the whole, you know, the last guy to be on top on the, on the go home show, you know, always loses that yeah. people like to say that, but I don't think that's going to, well, I know. think, I think Seth is a guarantee for SmackDown personally. It could be, yeah, possibility, good possibility. So I'm very troubled now that you said that because I have just realized that I believe we have we have agreed, except for the, except for the, uh, the SmackDown Tag Championship match and the Battle Royals on every match because I am 100% with you on the Miz. I feel like the Miz has earned this. I also feel like we're about to see in the the last four matches a lot of title changes. So somebody got to keep the title. Um, yeah. Miz is very, Miz has earned it. Um, God, when I say he's earned it, he's earned it. Miz has earned the right to have a WrestleMania moment he can remember that he wasn't concussed from. Um, yeah. So he's earned that. And um, the I I realize, and this is just not thinking it, it's um a lot more meta than I expected it to be. But um, I realize it's different because of the characters and the alignments of the characters. But you think about Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania 30 story, mm-hmm. you know, with him uh, getting into the match, him win- beating Evolution effectively in two matches in the, in the same night, winning the championship that he that he was quote unquote supposed to not have, then getting married like that same week. Well, Miz just had his first child. Mm-hmm. Won um, the Mixed Max Challenge for a cause that he's very passionate about, even though I'm sure all of the teams got a good amount of money. Oh, yeah. And him winning, him retaining his 
Intercontinental Championship that he's worked so hard to rebuild at WrestleMania. I just feel like even, and I wasn't even thinking about when I was thinking about this, the ramifications of Brian and Miz continuing to have, you know, overarching character arcs. Yeah. Uh, but I just think that this is this feels like one of those moments where Miz is being rewarded because because like I said earlier with Big Show, Vince is very big on giving thank you reigns and uh, appreciation pushes. If yeah. You will. And um, Miz has been one of those guys who, even though he stays in the spotlight, even though he stays with the championship most of the time, doesn't get that push to the world. Hey, I'm great by the company. He practically does it on his own. He does. He picks up a mic and makes his own news. Uh, so yeah, I got the Miz man. And even though I'd love to see Finn with the title or Seth with the title, Miz deserves it. Now I do feel like you, uh, Finn is next, but God, Miz deserves it, man. I hope he gets his moment. I do too. I mean, I, there's going to be plenty of time. I mean, Seth has had a moment that he'll never forget already. And Finn, this is his first WrestleMania, right? So, I mean, yeah, so he's going to have, I mean, I know he's a little bit older, but so is Miz. And they're going to have, he's going to have plenty of opportunities. And Finn, like you said, cockroach, never going away. doesn't matter what. He can do a thousand kicks a match and he's still going to be over with that crowd. And and here's the, yeah, the the thousand kicks. You just never going to let that go. No, Um, I'm not. Here's the most interesting part of the story. Finn ain't going to be the, the demon. Yeah, I know. So maybe this will be the catalyst to bring the demon back to overcome the miss. Maybe. I still won't care. But that's okay. That's okay. Thank you, that's okay. Carl. But, yeah. but hey, you know, I will say this about Finn. That that I think he would carry the IC title well. I think he'd carry the Cruiserweight title a lot better. But, Carl. But, you know. Carl. <laughs> what? I'm protecting you from yourself. Okay. Too far. So we have uh, the final four matches. Um, Save, I guess, the best for last. Um, they're all yeah. the main championship matches. So we can say we start with the women first. Yeah, that's fine. We'll do that. Okay, uh, let's do the lesser of two evils. Let's do Nia Jax uh, and Alexa Bliss um, for the Raw Women's Championship, of course. Um, you know, I don't want to harp on this too much, but. This is, I think this is going to be the feel-good moment of the night. And to me, this is a very important match because uh, of what it represents for people and for women and for children. And, you know, um, Nia Jax is a very large woman and naturally large. She's not overly obese. This is just naturally who she was. She's been bullied for it a lot in her life and even in the company and this, that, and the other. And And I'm a father of two daughters and things of that nature. So to know to see her struggle and plus you know i've been bigger than everybody my whole life too i'm not you know obese but i'm just a big dude so, right you know i know the feeling that everybody looks at you funny when you're in fourth grade and you're twice the size of everybody else stuff like that i know the feeling so for her to in the story to have a best friend who was using her the whole time for her size and for her protection when all she wanted was friendship and acceptance and to finally be outed, like the story, it was just built for the crescendo of Nia getting her comeuppance. Yeah. 
but yeah. Uh, okay, so my, I mean, my thoughts on this are kind of fall in line with yours. Um, now, from a different way, because um, you said you know you had kind of been picked on growing up. Oh, definitely. Because you were a bigger dude. You know, I was. I've never been a big person. Um, you've met me. I'm a little. I'm five foot nine. I weigh right now. I weigh a little bit. I'm a little bit heavier because I'm getting dad bod. But other than that, like prior to that, I mean, I've been between one fifty and one sixty most of my life. I mean, I've been a little guy. My family is small. Uh, ranch. You've never met my parents, but they're little people as well. Yeah. Uh, we're just my whole family is just a bunch. There's very few big people in my family. So on that level, I cannot relate. Uh, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I can. Yeah. However, I was 150 in middle school. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I will liken it for my kids who are not big either. This isn't just about being big. Yeah. This is no, about, definitely. you know, this is, this is about bullying. This is about the mean girl at school, you know, picking on you because she's all that, you know, and you're yeah. different or whatever, you know, um, my oldest daughter has a speech impediment and we're working through that. You know, we're, she's, you know, she's in, she's seeing a speech therapist at school and we're going to see about getting her in some stuff over the summer. It's getting better, but she's almost six and she has trouble saying certain letters and words. And maybe, you know, a lot of kids have that when they're young, you know, sure. so I'm not like freaking out about it, but it makes it hard to understand her. And I, the longer that this goes on, the harder it will be for her as kids. Cause kids are mean, you know, and they pick on people. That's what it's a, you know, so this is a good man. Alexa looks like a bitch in this story. You know what I mean? Like she just yeah. looks like the worst person on earth. Yeah. And we know, you know, we all know, I hope like to think we all know that these two are best friends in real life. And I think Absolutely. that's why it's perfect, perfect for them to do this story. And I know it kind of makes people cringe a little bit, you know, and I, I can, that. yeah, I, I, I can see Sometimes you need to feel uncomfortable. Yes. You know, it's, 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 you know, it may not be the most tasteful story ever, but it's important. I think uh, it'd be interesting to see how Alex is able to rebound at some point from this. Cause a lot, you know what I mean by that? Like she is like, just looks like the worst, you know? And so at some point, you know, we'll see, but I'll let you expound more if you want to. I do want to just throw out a quick prediction because the match itself I feel like Nia is going to murder Alexa. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe Alexa gives her the gold college try, but it feels well, like one of those matches where Mickey extended will, squash. Sure, but Mickey will be ringside, so there'll definitely be a lot for her to destroy. Overcome. She's still going to have to overcome some stuff, but I feel yeah. like Nia has to win. Right? Not, oh, yeah. There's no way Nia doesn't win. Absolutely. Um I do okay. want to, I'm, Naya wins, I'm with you. I just want to expound on one thing you said that was very important. This might not be the most tasteful thing, but it's important. Uh, I don't want to be too political here, but that's a big problem with our country is that we've gotten so wrapped up in what's comfortable that we're scared of confronting the truth. And the truth is that, what is it, like one in every three kid is going to be bullied in their life? Yeah. And... I mean, I'm not saying the answer is to fight every bully, but the answer is definitely to be proud of yourself and stand up for yourself and be comfortable in your skin. And Naya, or Lena Fanin, if you want to go real names, is one of the best, most brightest examples of that because she's a real-life babyface. Like, yeah. Not just talking absolutely. in the ring. She's a real-life babyface, and she really 
is proud of who she is and she's comfortable in her skin and she's and comfortable. she likes to lift people up too absolutely and she's most importantly she's comfortable being vulnerable like it's okay to be acknowledge the fact that things are hard because once you acknowledge that they're hard people people are going to tell you who they are they're either going to tell you they're they're there to support you or they're not and you can actually do something about it and you know so um she, she has she deserves this she deserves this moment her and alexa being best friends deserve this moment together and alexa will rebound just fine because there's no way in hell alexa should beat nia Jax anyway that's true i just mean like from a character perspective like people at some point committed, if you ever want to people have tried turn to her face murder. you know i know people, that's people true. have tried to commit murder so that's true we'll know, forget about it at some point yeah <laughs> Braun got made face because he was trying to kill people. <laughs> um, but we talked about my girl. I'm a Nia fan. You are the biggest Charlotte Flair fan I know. Yeah. So. Um, let's do it. Uh, this here's the thing about we're just. I mean, I don't feel like the match needs any introduction. But if you no, want me to, Charlotte I will. Charlotte versus Oscar, yeah. For for the women's title, the the the, the great thing about this was. If I recall when we did the pod with Sierra a while back, yes, this was what I thought was going to happen. Charlotte was going to get challenged by Oscar. That's what I thought was going to happen when Oscar won the Rumble. She's going to challenge Charlotte, um, because this feels and felt like to some degree kind of the year of the dream match. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. And this is the dream match. Now, it, this sure. is the marquee match for the WWE in the women's division. Sure. This is the marquee match. Um, I don't think you could replace Charlotte with really anybody. Paige is the only other person that would be relevant. Yeah. And, and so this is – and I don't think you could replace Asuka with anybody either. No. You know, Charlotte's yeah. wrestled them all. Yeah. Yeah. So – the Empress versus I mean everything is just perfect, man. They wear they both wear robes. They both have this flair and this charisma. And Charlotte, Oscar's always had it. Uh, she can't. She's she has she's okay. Uh, like her language barrier obviously is there with them with the mics because it doesn't matter because she's Oscar. It doesn't matter. Like she doesn't even need to talk. If she doesn't want to. And when she does, it still sounds cool to me. Like even when like she's you know you can't always kind of I'll have trouble understanding her a little bit. I'm still like this is awesome. Like, I don't know why. Just something about her, man. She's got this charisma. Yeah. This, this it, You can't teach it. You know, no Enzo Amore. You can't teach it. You just wow, can't. Wow, that's can't. a name I hadn't heard in a while. Yeah. So, but Charlotte, and the thing I love about Charlotte is she didn't, she's had it, but she didn't always, like, have it. Although she had to earn you it. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and she's there now. Okay. But, like, there was a time when, you know, Charlotte was kind of struggling on the microphone, you know, and she's always kind of been, she's genetically superior. Right. So like she looks when she gets in there in the ring a lot with a lot of people, she just looks like she should just whoop their ass, you know, because like her and Sasha Banks is one of my favorite was one of the best views in the women's division for a long time. That's probably but, the few that got you into women's wrestling, honestly. Yeah. And here's the thing though. Sasha doesn't look like Charlotte's equal. Very few people look like Charlotte's equal. You know what I mean? Asuka, I wouldn't know. I don't say that she looks like Charlotte's equal, but she feels like her equal. Well, she has a lot you of know, everything you know, days, Carl. So yes. Yeah. 
but it's not even that though. It's just like something that she like when I see when I see some of these girls stand toe to toe with Charlotte, I'm just like, eh. When I see Oscar do it, I'm like, yeah. And it's not even just because she's got the streak. Because to be honest with you, I'm over the streak. Um, I really am. I, and you know, it's not anything to do with Oscar because I love Oscar. I love them both. This this is probably my second most anticipated match of the night. Okay. Um, you know, just for the sheer volume of what it is and what it means and how big of a dream match it is for this division. And we've seen them break a lot of barriers, you know, break, bust the doors down this year, oh, especially yeah. a yeah. huge year for the women. Yeah. And this is like the culmination of that huge year. Yes. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not the whole group of women, but it's the two that you just, I mean, you know what I'm saying here? Yes. You know, I feel like you understand what I'm saying. And to make it a long story short, I'm super pumped for the match. I think it's going to be great. Um, I think it's going to be hard hitting because Oscar is hard hitting and Charlotte is too Very when she yes. wants to be. Yes. And Charlotte has become a great salesman of yeah. of offense it, lately, better than she was for a while. Okay. And I think she, I think she's going to, you know, make it look good when it comes to her getting her ass whooped. But here's the thing, and I'm going to be completely wrong, but I've got to take one out on a limb prediction oh, for this pay per view. Here just we one. go. Here we I go. Gotta, I got it. I got Wyatt. Ruby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to take one. And I'm going to do it one of two ways. I'm going to predict that Charlotte loses the match. Okay. That's not a big prediction, but okay. No, it's not. She's not going to be the one to break the streak. She's going to whoop Oscar's ass. I'm going to predict that finally. F-A-B. Yes. 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 Okay. And maybe this, and maybe this is just me wanting this so badly, but I'm going to predict that Carmella, Oscar wins the title, but I'm going to predict that Carmella cashes in on a beaten down Oscar and breaks the streak on some bullshit Talk like heat for the nuclear heat. heat you want to get pe- you want to get people pissed off, and I don't know if it's good heat or bad heat if they did it. But it might not be man. smart to do that in the same night Daniel Bryan loses his first match back. <laughs> right. You might not want to do that to the crowd. I'm going to say this. If Car- if 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 that if Oscar wins, I hope Carmella does that. Otherwise, I want Charlotte to win. Okay. Like I want Charlotte. I, I'm I, here's the thing. The streak is cool, but I'm just I don't get into streaks like this because they just get so long and like. It's just for uh, I don't know. Like I can't even keep up with all these matches. How many matches she's won and all this stuff. So if anybody's to break the streak, Charlotte will be the one. Um, no, you could say Ronda Rousey. There you, you say go. Ronda. But see, I feel like that's gonna not go over well. So I, they, I just they got a year to promote that and build to it. So, they yeah. do. So that might happen. Um, but I'm gonna uh, yeah I'm gonna predict. I'm gonna that's my out on a limb prediction that will not be right, by the way, at all. But so I gotta have Carmella. some fun with this. Carmella. I'm that's I've gotta have some fun with this. I'm gonna predict Carmella. There was a story that came out. Um you know how these backstage uh things could come things these backstage stories could be. There was a backstage story that came out about a month ago saying that Carmella was very open and welcome to the idea of cashing in at WrestleMania and losing. Um, oh yeah, because it would be something different, and it would be a a big moment, and all this, that, and the other. So, 
I don't I don't know how much credence I give that, but I don't believe that she's going to cash in. I believe she's going to come down. But I believe it's going to be the uh I believe it's going to be the misnomer of a lifetime. I don't but I just don't see it. Um Okay. <clears throat> I don't. I think I'm not saying that this match has to be wrestled with the utmost integrity of fighting spirits and and, sure. and, and pure rest. No, no. Because the beauty of Charlotte and Oscar and Sasha and Paige to a lesser extent is that they are dirty as fuck. They are they like when they when they wrestle when they fight, they're in there to hurt you. Like they you know it's real. They're they're out there really trying to get it. Um. So yeah. Uh. Obviously Oscar wins. Um. I do not know where they go afterwards. Um. I wouldn't be surprised if they pull some Dolph Ziggler stuff and let her see this is this is what I'm thinking Rollins everybody wants to recreate the Rollins cash in which is the greatest cash in ever which is one of the best WrestleMania moments ever you can't do that every year and you can't do that with every person mm-hmm. and no disrespect to Carmella because Carmella has re, he's, she's made herself into be a viable member of the roster but she is not worth in my opinion doing that now I understand the heat that it will bring but you also have to remember that wrestling don't stop Sunday night. You got to have Raw sure. Monday and SmackDown Tuesday. And sure. can Carmella be compelling as a heel champion with a woman who's never lost in her entire career chasing her? I don't think so. So I don't think you can get a prolonged story out of that, especially now if you give her a if you give her a heater, if she still had James Ellsworth, if you give her uh, you know, if you bring in, I don't know, the iconic duo to have her back, or bring in Shayna as her, as her body, somebody to get to be her heater, we could talk about that. Yeah. Just like kind of how we feel about Andrade and Zelina. We could talk sure. about that because then it's an act. It's not just one person. And Carmella isn't good enough in the ring to hang with. Uh, to hang with. Carmella's less talented than Alexa is, and that's not a diss, but that's just so she is. Um, even though she's a compelling talker and she's a compelling character, but that's a lot to put on her on her shoulders. Sure, I, I, I wanted to because I mean we're getting to the nitty gritty here and there's two more matches left, so we can still kind of go on about this for a second because this is one of the biggest matches on the card in my opinion. Um, Absolutely. I want to I want to one thing you talked about earlier, and I'm going to kind of use it to my argument, and I know we should be talking about Charlotte and Oscar, but it kind of compounds on with the, with the Carmella thing. We talked earlier that WWE has lately has been about moments. Yes. Carmella's character, not necessarily her character, I guess, mm-hmm. but one thing she's done really well is sh- take a big fat shit on moments. Go all the way back to the point. first women's money in the bank. That's a good point. The way that went down. Yeah. And she showed no give a damn about it. No, no. Go further back, Carl. Go further back. She yeah. showed on Nikki Bella's return. But you're right. Yeah. You're so, right. Yeah. I'd say, okay, so she doesn't give a fuck about moment. And then after they took the briefcase from her, she, she did it again. again. Yep. She won it again, and she did it. She made sure of it with the chair shot to beg. I mean, all that stuff. She doesn't give a shit about moments. And so, in a way... 
Like the reason why I would love to see it, and this is just from a me perspective, and I totally get it not happening. Okay, <laughs> I totally get it. Your points are completely valid. But if you ever wanted to just like not take a shit on a moment, but if you wanted like imagine Carmelo the Tuesday after SmackDown, and I know it's not as hot as that Raw crowd, but like, but they're still going to be hot. They're still going to be in New Orleans. Sure. You know, you just kind of think about like it wouldn't be Roman Undertaker heat. Okay, but it would be he and it doesn't even matter to me. Like if it's all if if they are a company that's really concerned with moments, then what happens to Carmella afterwards with Oscar chasing her? Meh, it is what it is. Carmella will always have. I broke the streak, whether I did it through the most bullshit way ever. She'll always have it. And there's nothing they can take it away. She's ta- been taking moments. She took the money in the bank moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like but, she's taking. I mean, so that's just kind of you know my thought process. Would I like to see it? Yes, but that's the fear you run when you have streaks. It's the same issue why people are so passionate about the Undertaker streak because the person who ended it that is a that is a war trophy you wear on your chest, right? How long right. did, did Paul Heyman tell us that my client defeated the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania? It was almost a full year. He was telling us that, right? Because the relevance of that is the ramifications of him doing that. That is kayfabe now. Not real life, kayfabe. The single greatest accomplishment ever done. Sure. Okay? Yeah. So, I say that to say this. Brock Lesnar... Part of that is what has given Brock Lesnar his unbeatable allure because the only guys who have been able to handle Brock, and I don't mean like give it to him, but like beat him, are past people. Goldberg, John Cena, and Triple H. And John Cena and Triple H went through the worst beatings they had to, they ever went through in their careers just to beat him. Right? Yeah. So he was a guy that maybe fans didn't want, but was worthy of the honor of that streak. Oscar streak is totally different than takers, even though I think it's more impressive because it's consistent, but that might ruin Carmela's career. Right. To have that stain on her that she beat the streak and never did anything else in her career again. I'm not saying she won't because she's shown herself to be very talented and she can make herself over and all that. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to shit on Carmelo. I'm just saying you have to book for more than WrestleMania. Right. Here's but another it, way to look at this. I mean, just another way to look at this. Yeah. Just an idea. I, I know we're getting into fantasy booking and shit, but I'm just That's thinking about ways they could do it and try and pull it off and it would be interesting. Yeah. Asuka is just challenging for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Is she technically an official member of the SmackDown roster? I don't know because she wrestles on Raw every week and that annoys the hell out of me. See, so think about this, okay? Say Asuka doesn't win and say they wanted to do the triple threat thing again, whereas Carmella cashes in mid-match. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Say Carmella wins the match, doesn't even pin Asuka. She pins a knocked out Charlotte, wins the title, and Asuka don't, doesn't ever win the title, and she gets doesn't get to chase Carmella either because Asuka's shipped back to Raw because she was never a SmackDown superstar to begin with. And then Carmella is is away from Asuka. She still can talk shit about having the streak. Yeah. Like they're, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that would make it even worse. Like the heat would be even worse because it's like yeah, she can't even she do anything even, about it. She didn't even beat Asuka, yeah. 
didn't pin her. She can't, Costco can't do anything about it because she's on Raw. You know, those kinds of things. And those are just thoughts I have in my head. I, I, I'm sorry for all this fantasy booking. but No, like, I fantasy booked pretty much the whole show. Yeah. My only response okay. to that, and we need to move on. My only response to that would be this. That's literally the same thing Rollins did. And you yeah. want to differentiate between that and this. So if they do go with the cash-in, it's going to have to be something very different, very unique, and something that can carry a story for a prolonged period of time. Can they do it? I do believe they can. Oscar Streak, if they can find a way to utilize it correctly to where it will help the story for the next two, three, four months, I'm behind it. I yeah. just don't want to ruin. I hate streaks, so I don't care whenever Oscar loses. I really don't give a shit. But I don't want to ruin a character who has potential. Yeah, giving her something I get that. She's not ready for. Yeah. But before we move on, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that we have two matches left in the card to go through the two world title matches and WrestleMania 34 has four women's matches on the card. That is progress. Yeah, you're right. Two singles women's championship matches, a marquee mixed tag with two of the, two of the most powerful and notable women in entertainment and sports. And then a battle Royal with all the women from Ross McDonald and stuff from NXT. I just, you know, we keep talking about the change and I've been a big proponent that the real change wasn't the women getting time. They already done that. They've gotten that. They've gotten time. They've gotten all the matches. The real, uh, the real uh, growth and evolution was them being treated as equals in everything they do. So the fact that they have four matches on the card, the fact that they have real storylines, it is not just, I don't like you, you don't like, like they're real storylines. This is the progress. Yeah. So, uh, we shit on, we shit on WWE 365, you know, a year. So when they do something right, they deserve to be applauded. So I agree. I think you said it well, I applaud them for giving the women, um, no, let me change that. I applaud the women, the, the WWE, for allowing the women the match that they deserved on the right. start. So, yeah. I agree. I, I, I couldn't say that better myself. Um, yeah. I mean, we've gone a lot of podcasts talking about talking about the women. And, yes. you know, that that's something that, you know, a long time ago, maybe we, if we were doing a podcast, we might not have done. You know, yeah. So I mean, and and a lot of people don't want to hear two dudes running or talking about the women a lot of times. You know, so it's well that we call Sierra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but that's yeah. I mean, they've they've earned it, and um, I think it's great. You yeah. know, very so. excited. I'm 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 one of the mo- one of the more things I'm excited about in the card is to see the women in their moments. Yeah, but absolutely. It's time to get to the main events of the evening. Um, so let's go with the dream match first. Okay. Um, the IWC. Dream you match. you would save Roman for last. Well, you know, <laughs> you kind of know that the, the sign of the marquee has not changed. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I'm saving Roman and Brock for last because most assuredly they're going to be the last match in the card. Most well, assuredly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura in the rematch of Wrestle Kingdom 10. Uh, their match. I've seen that match. I watched that match. No, not live, because that was like 4 o'clock in the morning. But, you know. Um, 
one of the best matches you'll ever see. Of course, I'm not the biggest fan of Strong Style, so there's a lot of stuff in that match that was wah to me. But it's a absolutely, entirely intoxicating great match. Four and a half, four and seven, three quarters, four, five stars, whatever you want to call it. The build is a little different because in the WWE they're presented as equals, right? Yeah. Um, in New Japan, AJ was the leader of the Renegade Faction Bullet Club, and Shinsuke was the leader of Chaos, which was the king of the company at the time. Because Chaos, if you don't know, is the faction which Okada is the head of now, who came under. Shinsuke and Gato, who is the booker for New Japan, is a member of. Um, so there was that in it. But while these two are almost mirror images of each other in the ring, they are they couldn't be more different. AJ is a very serious, grizzled veteran wrestler who cares about his in-ring ability and how he's perceived based on his in-ring talent. And Shinsuke mm-hmm. don't give a fuck about nothing. <laughs> Like, Very true. That uh, what's that? What's that song? I ain't worried about nothing. I ain't worried about nothing. <laughs> that is Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> he is living his best life out here, kneeing people in the face and throwing out finger poses to the crowd. He is just living his life. Yeah, um, no doubt. But the expectations for this match—I don't know if there's ever been a match that has been that has had the expectations for star ratings because you know now we expect work rate and star ratings instead of expecting good matches <laughs> but uh, I don't know if there's ever been a match that's had the expectations of the star rating this match has because I truly believe that if this match is anything less than four and a half stars people would just be disappointed and that is insane but that is the level of which they have built themselves up for this match they're definitely game they definitely will do it um, and this crazy thought process that well they ain't gonna get no time they're gonna get 15 minutes in the middle of the no they're gonna get 30 minutes for the match they're probably gonna have a 45 minute segment because they know what they got Um, but what do you think of the match who you got Uh, so what I think about the match is <laughs> first of all the build like you said has been different the, the build for this match specifically, because with dream matches, sometimes you don't always need a great build. Absolutely. Like, these, these two, they build themselves because of who they are. Uh, and, and that's just, quick, and that's okay. Quick, real quick, real yeah. quick. I want, I want to expound on that just, and I'm, cause I wanted to give you your full platform, but to add to that, I've had arguments with people, debates about why this match wasn't pushed more. Shinsuke Nakamura isn't the type of act that you can push. If he's, you know, out there like that, he's such a unique individual. So the best thing for this match would be for Roman and Brock or Cena and Taker, if they have that, or Rousey to get them in the door and then be intoxicated by seeing Shinsuke for the first time, which which then makes you a fan. And I'm saying this from experience because one of my best friends watched him on TakeOver Toronto. We were supposed to watch UFC, but we watched that first. And he right. left being a Shinsuke fan. He doesn't watch wrestling. He knows it because of me, but he doesn't watch it. And he randomly sends me him driving to his theme song. From seeing him one night, that's what Shins- that's what Shinsuke is. He has to win you over. But I wanted to add to that. You're absolutely right. They don't need a build traditionally. Right. They don't. So this is you know the build is what it is. And Shinsuke, 
Uh, one thing we know, one thing we know about AJ Styles, he's always motivated. Yeah. One thing we know about Shinsuke Nakamura is when he's motivated, yeah, he, uh, like problem. he is unbelievable. Okay, so these guys now, of course, they had the match at Wrestle Kingdom ten. So what's that been? Two years ago? Three. Three. This will be the third year, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this has been three years following. So let's think about that. They've aged a little bit. And they're okay. both old, for the record. They're both older. Yeah, they're both older. This isn't strong style per se. This isn't New Japan, so they can't. They're gonna beat each other up, but maybe not quite to the violence level as they might do over there. Maybe yeah. they might give them a little leeway here. It'll be more strong style than we've seen. Absolutely, they'll have some leeway. But I'm not saying that these guys can't go four and a half stars because they absolutely can. But I'm simmering my expectations a little bit because I just that's just what I'm going to do, you know, because I don't want to get myself all hyped up for this match. And I know my buddy Dustin that's going with me. This is the this is the match he is going to WrestleMania for. So this is this is this is his match. And actually, he's a huge Daniel Bryan fan. So I think the fact that none of us knew that Daniel Bryan was coming back, really, at least not right now. And so when that happened, that just put the cherry on top for him. But he is there for this match. So for his sake and for everybody else's sake, that's got got themselves, you know, Build whatever. Up. I hope, I hope, yeah, I hope that this match delivers to their full expectations. I'll be happy if they pull four stars out, four and a quarter. I'll be completely cool with that, and I think they will. And I also think AJ Styles is when is retaining the title. Really? Yeah. Um, I know you think I'm crazy, um, and that's fine. Hmm. There's there's a reason because I feel like for AJ, especially what he's done in, in these two years or so he's been with the company. Now let's think about it. He came in and debuts at the rumble. He gets a couple of opportunities uh, against Roman early on for the well, title. Well, first that's the Jericho feud, but then yes. Yeah, the yeah, the Jericho stuff, but I mean, I'm kind of sk- skimming over some things, but like yeah. the Roman feud and then, you know, he finally John wins Cena the title. Feud. Yeah, John he wins Cena feud. John Cena, then he, he wins, wins the title. Yeah. And then he loses it to Cena, right? And so he doesn't have it for a while. And then he wins it back from Gender, you know, and some stuff there's stuff in between here. Sure. But I want like specifically with the WrestleMania. He came in his debut WrestleMania matches against Jericho. He lost. He came in last year. His second match was Shane McMahon. They tore they tore it up because AJ's AJ and Shane's crazy and will do whatever he has to he do to, to tear it up. Credit, yes. Yeah. But you know, once again, it's the, it was the hot opener, you know, and it was a good match. Yeah. This is. I mean, this is like. It's not going to be the last match of the show, I don't think, but it might as well be. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, 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 it's one A and one B, in my opinion. Okay, I agree with that, but okay. But this is like, I feel like this is the time you say, okay, AJ, you've been crushing it since you walked in the door. Shinsuke hasn't been crushing it since he walked in the door. He's had some some crushing at moments. But he hadn't been crushing it. AJ has been crushing it. And this is like, to me, it's another deserving thing. Not so much as what should happen as what 
actually not what will happen as much as I think is what should happen. Yeah. I feel like AJ has deserved an opportunity to hold the WWE championship above his head at, towards the end of WrestleMania in one of the marquee matches of the night. Okay. In the dream match. That's my opinion. That's why I think he's going to win. Um, I think Shinsuke makes a, I don't know if he makes a better chaser or a champion to be honest with you. Cause I don't, I don't I've got to read on him. He's Still. a great champion if you watch him in New Japan. He's an he's an extremely great. He's a wonderful champion. But yeah, WWE is such a, is a different beast. Yeah, I would like to I would like to see them. The thing is, if AJ just flat out wins and Shinsuke goes kind of the back of the line, mm-hmm. so if you want to get another match out of this, then Shinsuke needs to win, right? So you know, Technically. depends on what you want to do. But. I still am going to take AJ here. I don't think it's like way out of left field to pick one of the greatest wrestlers in the world to 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 win the match at WrestleMania. You know, this is so. True. So, let me say this: of the top four matches, women's and women's uh, Raw SmackDown, men's Raw SmackDown, AJ is probably the most likely to possibly retain. Yeah, I will give you that. But everything you said is why I believe Shinsuke has to win. AJ is consistent. AJ is proven. And AJ has gotten to the point in the company. AJ is in the top 10 earners of WWE. Like, it was very clear that we use, you know, you want to, we're going to talk about this next. But he's one of, quote unquote, Vince's boys. He's gotten to that point. With that being said, it ain't nothing for Vince to say, AJ, belt's yours, baby. AJ might be what the new edge, even though Adam Cole is the NXT edge, the the WWE edge. And I think AJ is guaranteed to be in the world championship match unless he has something bigger for the rest of his career as long as he wants to wrestle. Sure. He's gotten there. Shinsuke got the shit to get off the pot. And... I realize that that's disrespectful to people who watch him in New Japan, but Shinsuke has earned a lot of his ire because he has not been motivated and has not been up to every match that he's had. And no, there's no excuse for that. I don't care if you ain't getting what you want. I don't know. Screw that. You sign up to do a job. Do your job. Mm-hmm. So uh, he deserves ire for that. But you have to see what you have in Nakamura as an as a performer. You have to see it. Nakamura as a champion has shown to be compelling. You know, Nakamura with something to do has shown to be compelling. You have to see what you have with 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 Shinsuke. So I think he has to win just to see because some people are bad challengers and great champions. Right. It, it is just what it is, right? Some people are better chasers than champions. I don't care what nobody. You can you can argue me down. You can argue me to death all you want. Stone Cold was not a good champion to me. He was always a better chaser, in my opinion. Oh, I, I agree with that. The Rock was a great champion. Yes, The Rock was a great. Triple H is a great champion, a terrible chaser. Right. You know, it, it is it, that's just how it is. And call me crazy, but that's just the way I perceived it. Daniel Bryan is the best chaser we might have ever seen. Sure. You know. Um, McFoley, for that record, is a better chaser than a champion. Um, so I think Shinsuke is a better champion than chaser. So Shinsuke, you you got to give him his, you got to give him his moment, you got to give him his opportunity, 
And at least if this fails too, you can say Shinsuke, we did everything we could. Yeah. We gave we we did I everything agree. we could. We we rolled the red carpet out. We we gave you everything in the world. And you could argue all you want about how he's been booked this year, but nonetheless, he still had marquee matches, championship opportunities, this, that, and the other. At this point, Shinsuke has to Shinsuke has to prove that he's still Shinsuke. I want to say this real quick. We can we can wrap it up if you want to on yeah. a nice little bow here. Yeah. Uh, I hedged my bet a little bit because I also predicted Oscar to lose. <laughs> oh, so both uh, Japanese people losing? Yeah. Right. So well, what I'm what I'm thinking here in my head is I feel like one of these Rumble winners has to lose. Not has to lose, but I feel like one is going to. Okay. Um. And I don't know which one they're going to choose if they choose. That could be completely wrong, you know. Fuck if I know anything, but. I'm just saying stuff, but like, I just kind of like, in a lot of ways, I feel like the rumble winner does. I don't know what the record is on the rumble winner actually most winning the, time the title. Win. Yeah. Most of the time. So win. now that you've got a second rumble, I feel like you can get away sure. with a little bit more losing. Sure. I mean, they don't always have to win because you've got the other one on the back, on the back burner. And Shinsuke really out like Oscar. If you think about it, she didn't – I mean, the, her winning the Rumble was really cool, but she would have gotten to a championship match regardless. Sure. Shinsuke, Shinsuke kind of needed to win the Rumble because yeah. he, like, he didn't really do – hasn't done a whole lot that's like, oh, you should be next in line. I mean, he's had opportunities, but you know what I'm saying. So I feel like one of these guys – one of these two has to lose. So I'm hedging my bets, and I'm picking them both to lose. Oh. So that way maybe I'll, maybe I'll get one of them right. That's a that's a good thought process. Uh, and you and you did a little fantasy. And I get them both wrong. Yeah, probably. So, which would probably would happen. Um, to fantasy book this situation, if you wanted to make this a better story, uh, Shinsuke should have been gender at SummerSlam. Shinsuke should have been the guy to fight Brock Lesnar at uh, Survivor Series because they have history. They wrestled each other in uh, New Japan. Yep. And. That way, you have six months to see what you got with Shinsuke as a champion. And AJ can win the Royal Rumble, which is a bigger accolade for a guy like AJ. Because yeah. he's going to have more title reigns out the world. He's going to have them. But the Royal Rumble accolade is something that not everybody has. He could have gotten the accolade. And AJ could leave WWE WrestleMania with the WWE Championship over his head. That way, sure. everything you wanted to happen will, will, will happen. And everything that we needed for Shinsuke to happen would have happened. Six yeah. months to prove yourself. AJ gets his title reign, uh, the the moment at WrestleMania and the and the accolade. Everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so that's what should have happened. Granted, WWE doesn't always do what should happens, but nonetheless. Right, we'll tell them how to run their company. Don't worry. Yeah, because you know, I've been I've worked at a wrestling company my whole life. Yeah, same here. That's all I do. I mean, you guys didn't know. Yeah. This is this is we, this is our side gig, fellas. Absolutely. I don't work on computers. No. <laughs> Me either. Um. So before we get to the main event, some breaking news just came through a little bit a little bit, a bit ago that will affect the match. And I don't know if you want me to tell you. Before. I heard it. Okay. I managed to catch it. So, in in uh. In the interest of good faith and honesty, uh, Dana White has officially come out and said that Brock is coming back to the UFC. 
So uh, he says officially the quote is, uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar's coming back. I don't know when, but yes, he is. So while most of us already believed that Brock was going to lose anyway, and if Brock, if Brock, like, so we're going to talk about this match, of course, but clearly Roman has to win. That'd be the biggest <laughs> burial in wrestling history if after all of this, Roman still loses. That's the biggest burial ever. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, I can't decide how the fans would react either. The fans would cheer. Yeah, the, the mania crowd would cheer. Now, granted, this the what, the buildup, so let's talk about the buildup because we know what's going to happen eventually, right? Yeah. Um, the buildup has been, I think the buildup has been not excellent, but very, very well done because they've managed to get Roman cheered by a majority of the audience. And yeah, yeah, I realize that fans believe that that's what all Vince thinks about at night and sure and all that. I'm sure they want Roman to get cheered, but I know they like Roman in that awkward spot of just getting reactions, whether it's positive or negative, they like that. But for the for the uh, point of the match, somebody had to be the protagonist. Somebody had to be the antagonist. So playing with real life stuff with Brock very openly negotiating with UFC and no showing a pay-per-view to go to UFC and take a picture the night of a pay-per-view. And then the <laughs> next night, no showing, which has come out to be storyline, but he did not show up when it was advertised and the real life with Roman having issue with it, going back to 31. Cause remember the bill for 31 Brock showed up once they had two run-ins once the night of the Royal Rumble, when the, when the show got snowed out and once the night before WrestleMania, that's the only time they ever face to face. Yeah. So I'm sure Roman is thinking in kayfabe, this dude just don't want to come in. He don't want to, he, he don't want to come to work. He want to finish title and he doesn't want to face me. I'm sick of this. Let's handle this right now. Um, and then, uh, they had to get physical and they've gotten physical and I wouldn't have, I would have liked for Roman to have gotten over the second time, like the first beat down when he was arrested and all that was fine because that was brutal and was unfair and wrong. But the second time when he came out and he was hurt and Brock still beat him down was a bit, a bit too much. But I like how they flipped it with Roman Superman and the ever loving shit out of him this past raw five times, holding right. the title up. The crowd cheering, and then Brock sneaking like a little snake, picking him up F5 and, and getting the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> um, so I, I, I have enjoyed the build because we know the match is going to be great. We know it's going to be an air of controversy around this match, whether it's the crowd and how they're going to respond to it, Brock leaving, just the way they feel about Roman, everything involved. But you cannot say there is not a genuine and organic story behind this match. You can't say it. You can't say it. If you can, if you do say it, then you're a you're a, a fucking loser, ass, wrong liar. And I mean that from the <laughs> bottom of my soul because I'm so sick of people picking and choosing what they're okay with just because the name Roman Reigns is associated with it. Just because you don't like him does not mean that he cannot be a part of real things. And this is a genuinely organic story let me ask you this and I, I agree with you yeah let me, we'll let me ask quick. you this no you're fine just simmer down simmer down there let me let me ask you a question do you remember of course you remember this but 
when not the most recent encounter at WrestleMania, but their first encounter at WrestleMania between Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg. It's twenty, yeah. And everybody knew that they were out the door. Both or, of them were, yes. Yeah, they were. Everybody knew they were out the door, and they shit all over it. Yeah. Well, Roman already gets shit on as it is. Maybe not this last Monday. And Brock, who most people like, but now we know he's probably out the door. Do you think that Dana White coming out and saying that was a bad move? Because I'm afraid, maybe not for Dana White. There you go. But I'm a little concerned now. Like, we all kind of thought maybe Brock was going back, but it wasn't confirmed, right? Sure, sure. And we all kind of knew Roman was winning this match. I mean, this isn't, like, not new, new information sure. that's come to light. But now I'm worried even more so that the crowd is just going to shit on this match because yeah. of the fact. Yeah. But now we know for sure. So they they made us do go through all this for a year, right? All three this years, stuff. if you're if right you're to some people. But like in, recently, with you know, with Brock winning the title last year, like we've been we've had to deal with him being champ for an entire year, where he's hardly ever there. And I know some people like it, some people, everybody, most people don't like it, some people do, and it's fine. Whatever your yeah. opinion is, is whatever it is. But we've gone through all of this, where we've hardly seen the champ, we've hardly seen Brock. And then they're giving us, I say us loosely, because not you and me, but they're giving a lot of people a guy they don't necessarily want to see. They don't want, like, in that spot, in maybe. That spot, yes. Yeah. yes. So they're, they've, what someone might say is, like, they forced it down our throat, right? So they're doing all this. And then, just to find out in the end, that we, even though we already knew, just to add insult to injury, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, he's coming to UFC. Like, all this just to just like basically give away the match ending, like give us, we know what's going to happen now. Like effectively. Yeah. I mean, if Brock doesn't beat Roman, who's going to beat Brock now? Who's left? Like this is, I feel like, I don't know if Dana, Dana White came out and said this, right? Mm -hmm. Is Dana just sticking it to Vince McMahon? I mean, is this a good move or is this a bad move? What is this? It depends you know what I mean? You're asking. It's a it's a it's a bad move for WWE. It's a great move for Dana and UFC because if you remember, Dana got Dana was on the other side of this at 31. Because mm -hmm. Dana had Dana had him signed. the The deal was done, and then Brock went on ESPN and said he changed his mind. Yeah. So the deal he was gone. You know, so gamesmanship, baby. <laughs> All's fair in war. Vince, yeah. did, Vince got him first. He got him back, and I, I I think Dana was asked the question. I don't to his credit. I don't want to put him out there like he just made a press conference just to say, "Hey, Brock's back." He yeah. had the question. And he answered the question. Um, will they shit on the match? You know, I haven't in in the time I've read this this uh, article and this news piece. I haven't had the ability to really decipher in my mind if I think this will happen, but I will tell you this. This is the first and the only time I've ever considered that maybe they shouldn't end the show. No, yeah. I mean, I'm, that's another thought I have. Like, maybe end it on a high note, because you got you got to consider it now at this point. You know? Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, 
Throw throw I, the I call the audible. Have Charlotte and Oscar finish the show, well, or AJ and Shinsuke, AJ or Ronda and, and them, the or whatever. Yeah, I will say this: this is the risk you take when you have a guy like Brock Lesnar as your champion and you build your company around him. Um, not not nothing negative against Brock because Brock isn't doing anything he hasn't negotiated or earned. Um, yeah, sure. So yeah, I don't fault him for doing anything he's done because everything he's done, he he had the leverage power to negotiate it and get it. Um, but when you have a guy like Brock who isn't doesn't care about, I'm sure he cares about his performance. I'm sure he cares about what he does in the ring, but he doesn't care about the company. He doesn't care about the business. He really doesn't care pretty for the most, I'm not going to say completely, but it's very clear that he's not in it for, in it for the fans. I'm not saying he doesn't care about them, but he's not in it for them or the boys. Definitely not the boys. Cause he doesn't even, yeah. talk to them. They didn't even talk to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and the guy who, you know, it has a very open love affair with a different sport. Um, this is what you, this is what you run into. So you hit the nail on the head. We've dealt, dealt with this for a year. If this is where we were going to end up, then Joe or Braun should have won the fucking title earlier this year. If this yeah. is where we were going to end up, if you had an inkling, this is where we were going to end up, and you knew contracts up right after WrestleMania. Brock's going to go in. He's going to negotiate. This is who he is. Now, the only saving grace is Brock has a USADA uh, suspension. Yeah. He has to finish for six months. So, technically, he could run it to SummerSlam. That's true. And there's he also could. one other thing we haven't mentioned. What's that? Paul Heyman. Oh. And because Paul Heyman came out recently. I don't know if you saw this or not, and said that working with Roman Reigns would be a defining moment in his career. Oh, he loves Roman. Yeah. So on camera and off. Yeah. So think about that as the saving grace to this match potentially as well. The possibility that Paul Heyman of all people could be the one to get people like, okay, this is like you know what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying. They could shit on the entirety of the match. Yeah. But if Paul Heyman turns turns on Brock and goes and turned on Brock and went to Roman, maybe it doesn't end in the worst way possible. I don't know for sure. It's gonna end regardless because see, that's this that's the reason why I don't think Roman should turn heel. Because if Roman turns heel, and I realize we've been through this a million times. This is who who you got, Kobe or LeBron, who you got uh Peyton or, or Brady. Like, this is just overdone talk, right? Roman turning yeah. heel and whatnot. Oh, yeah, sure. But the reason why Roman should never turn heel is because the second he turns heel, you're either going to massively boo him and continue doing what you were doing in the first place, or he's going to get massively cheered. So yeah. nothing you wanted from him turning heel is going to come about. And if you think he's over-pushed now, Roman Reigns as a heel will be the most pushed guy in the history of wrestling <laughs> because heels are always more visible, pushed harder, win more. That's just, that's the nature of the beast because right. the face has to overcome them. Um, but yeah, so I don't, th- I, I think it'll, it'll be a, well, Heyman, if that happens, Heyman turning on 
Brock to get with Roman will be the equivalent of Austin stunning Goldberg and and Lesnar. Just something for the crowd to pop for. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, what can Heyman really do and damage inflicting wise anyway? He can't. But he, here's the saving grace. The saving grace about this match is the difference between this match and that match was, even though the crowd was never into it, they didn't care. Lesnar and Goldberg were so gone from the company mentally anyway, they didn't even care about the match. Yeah. We know Roman and Brock care about the match. And they're out here to have a great match. And there's proof that they will have a great match because 31 was 10 minutes of greatness. Oh, yeah, it was a great match. Absolutely. If nothing else, even if they do get massively booed, they can work through a lot of it to win the crowd over based on their ring work. That's one saving grace. Yeah. And we're going to need it, maybe. I mean, I mean, I'm... I'm hyped for the match regardless. Me too, man. It's uh, going to be a great As match. long as Roman wins, I don't know if I'll be very happy if Brock wins. Yeah, uh, like I told you, if, and I'm going to say it again, very, very openly and adamantly, if Brock Lesnar beats Roman Reigns, unless... It'll, okay, if Brock Roman beats Re- Roman Reigns, it'll be, the, it'll be the biggest barrel in wrestling history. However, the only way you can save face is if Braun beats Brock the next night and kicks Brock out. That's fair. Because that's who the crowd wanted to win the title anyway. Yeah, that's right? true. So yeah, well, that that that's the only saving grace. That way you have your big you big you have your big Roth WrestleMania moment. Roman gets quote unquote humbled like y'all want him to be humbled. The crowd, not me and you. You know, Brock gets sent on his way. You finally end the story arc with Brock and Braun, which should have ended at WrestleMania instead of with Roman. But you know you have a lot more winners than losers in the situation and Roman is good enough to remake himself, but maybe that's the catalyst to go ahead and try Roman traditional heel turn. I don't know, but you, the status quo with no, what we know now just can't be the same anymore. Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, before we close this up, I, I really think, and like we said, Brock for all he is and for as much value as he does have, this last year, to me, he's a not trouble necessarily. I think he was overvalued this year. And I say that because I think it's been beyond time to move past him as your marquee draw guy. When the fans, when the fans were hyped for Joe, that was, that was when I was like, it's time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then even more realized when they were so hyped for Braun. Roman is the least of the three that they're hyped for to, to in these in these feuds with Brock when it comes to winning this title match. Yeah, people are ready, and even Roman's getting some cheers. People are ready for Brock. I don't know if "go away" is the right word, but they're ready Not for someone can. else. Somebody else yeah, has that and, title, yes. I feel like WWE has got to. They like. I feel like they should have done it already. But this is the opportunity. If Brock is gone, let him go. And when I say that, I don't mean never bring Brock back. I just mean what I mean by that is, don't put all your eggs in the Brock basket ever again. If he wants to come wrestle a match at WrestleMania, if you want to have him for some one-offs or something, fine. 
but no more world champ. None of this long-term shit. Unless he goes to UFC and just whoops everybody's ass again, which I don't really foresee happening. So, no, he's he's going to be good at UFC because yeah, but I mean, I don't know yeah. if he's going to be like how he was, you know, especially getting to where he's getting. And he's getting up a little older in age, and there's always some young cat ready to whoop ass, you know. Francis, Francis Naganu, yes. He's already said. I don't know. I know you have no idea who he is. Nope, sure he don't. He is the most feared striker in all of MMA, and he has openly said, "I want Brock." Well, that there you go. is a terrifying fight for Brock. But yes, that's that's MMA talk. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, my issue is more with him being champ, and then I being a full time champ than him being there. But think about this perspective trade. What if, uh, ultimately. Uh, Dana gets Brock back and keeps Punk, but Vince gets Ronda and Connor. That would be kind of funny, wouldn't it? How mad would Dana be? <laughs> well, pretty fucking mad because Ronda is his woman cash cow and Connor is absolutely his male cash cow. So, and Punk, Punk can't beat anybody, so he's nothing. And then Brock is, you know, Brock is Brock, but. Brock is yeah. old and Brock, Brock yeah. is, he has baggage and yeah, but that's what Dana's doing because da- see, this is another conversation we could have because this is my personal issue with Dana White as a promoter in general. Dana, you Dana makes a lot of personal decisions and Vince is notorious for making business decisions. Even when, you know, Vince is always, it's always business with him and yeah, he always wants to look out for you personally, but it's business. But Dana won't give a guy a fight because he don't like a guy, stuff like that. Like, you know. Yeah. Or very publicly feud with his champion. Stuff things yeah. like that nature. Um, things of that nature. So I say that to say this, that the way Dana has run that company, and don't get me wrong, it's extremely profitable, it's extremely successful. So I'm not saying he's doing anything technically wrong, but they have no draws anymore. They have no drive. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah. he double dipped too much in the Conor McGregor, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, John Jones pool. Right. Ronda's gone. Brock left. Conor fell in love. Conor made a hundred million dollars boxing. Yeah, he has. Why ever come back to fucking? Doesn't make sense. Even though he's going to re- he's going to fight another fight. He's already scheduled to do so. And John Jones just can't get stay out of trouble. Yeah. So you have stars. But it's kind of like NXT and WWE in that they're not known. Demetrius Johnson is the best fighter in the world, but he fights at 125. Nobody knows him. You won't even put him on the main card. Right. But he's 11 title defenses. You won't give him the credit he deserves because he's destroying people because I guess maybe it's not interesting. But he's the best fighter in the world. He should be seen. So he has to go back to these old earmarks of Brock's going to sell tickets. I'm gonna bring. I just stripped Connor of his title, but he's gonna win tickets. GSP hasn't fought in four years, George St. Pierre. But you know what? He comes back first fight, gets a title championship. Like, and I'm not saying that these guys aren't worthy, but you know, you got your guys, who, your up and coming guys, who T.J. Dillashaw's and your Cody, your Cody Garbrandt's, and you know, your Rose Ninja Manunis is, or how you say her name. Like these people who have worked hard to get to a spot where they deserve to get the opportunity no it's kind of like when wcw and wwe were, were beefing and wwcw wanted to make their mark so they kept signing old guy after old guy after old guy hogan and savage and hall and nash and piper and 
and warrior and just and flair and dusty and and uh uh and dibiase just everybody was hot in the 80s and yeah. Vince said screw that let's go with austin and and sean and hunter and rock and taker and yeah Bowie. you know so it's funny how wcw how wwe in both aspects continue to go with the new guys yeah, even though nobody says that WWE gives the new guys shots, they you know give, what I'm saying? I, no, absolutely. I, 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 give I just had credit. to say that. No, absolutely. But it's but it's the truth. If Brock is gone, and Taker's not Taker and Cena aren't wrestling at this event, right? They don't have a match. Yeah. So Taker Taker and Cena don't have a match. Brock is supposedly gone, right? Sure. Who's the but after that? Not counting the the Battle Royals. Who's the longest tenured guy on the, on the card? Longest tenured guy in the company. Ready work. Or yeah, with Mark Henry retiring, yeah. I mean, I'm, t- I'm 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 talking about literally wrestling on the card. Big Show isn't oh, scheduled to wrestle on the card. Okay, okay. So all we all we hear is complaints that WWE won't move on or push newer guys. The only two guys in the card that are old guys that are booked that aren't in the Battle Royals are Orton and Brock. And, and they also be- tend to forget sometimes that the guys that they love, that they, you know, like AJ, he's also old. Yeah, like, he's but not he's a young star. To WWE, but sure. I know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Finn Balor is old. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura is old. Yeah, like, absolutely. The young guys in that company are guys like Roman Reigns and Seth, Seth Rollins. Dean Ambrose, and, Wyatt, yeah. yeah. Braun Strowman, yeah. So even Braun's getting up there, but like that's I think he's like thirty three or thirty four, but like they're in their primes, you know. So, Absolutely. but I mean, I'm just but getting just, getting off, but you know what I'm saying here. Yeah, like, I just find you're, that interesting. So yeah, that's um, that's WrestleMania. We've been at it a long time. A if long you time. are if you are driving to New Orleans, I hope you're listening. Let's <laughs> put it that way. This will cut out. This is gonna cut out some time. Yeah, we'll get you to New Orleans on this on this baby. So I'm after that when when we promote it, I'm gonna tweet it out like that too. <laughs> Driving to New Orleans, listen to our podcast. Yeah, listen to the pod, brother. Before we uh finish, um, I want to give a rest in peace to Johnny Valiant. He was killed tonight. Um, WWE Hall of Famer. He yeah. was hit by a truck. Um, wow. It's sad when anybody whenever anybody dies, but. It's really, really sad that a WWE Hall of Famer who doesn't get a lot of the credit he deserved, because uh, I mean, you know, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. I haven't watched a lot of his stuff, but I know he was great at what he did. Um, but uh, right before WrestleMania, it's really sad. Right before the biggest week in wrestling, and a Hall of Famer dies, it's a really sad uh, moment. So rest in peace to him and his family. Um, Absolutely. But uh, yeah, man, we've run through the card. We had a good little uh, conversation about some non WWE stuff. We ran through Takeover. I think we've had a full show, man. And this, I think this is a this is a, a fitting way to end this chapter of the SMC podcast. And you know, we'll we're gonna move on to something different next week, brother. If you, brother, brother. You, if you, yeah, that, that was a teaser. <laughs> that was a teaser. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. Hey so, yo. Uh, yeah. Uh, tell them, tell them, tell them where they can find you, man, and give your last words, my brother. 
Well, I haven't done the the I haven't done that in so long that I was like, "What do you mean, tell them where they can find me?" Uh, <laughs> so, I'm one of the smart ones. I don't have Facebook, so my information is protected. But I do have Twitter, and you can find me at K E R V I N S M C. Um, I'm there a lot, so that, that that's that's my haven on social media. Um, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe about connecting Periscope to the Twitter and doing some live stuff while I'm down in New Orleans. Thinking about it. We'll see. We'll see how if I can find some Wi-Fi, some spots that it's not too crazy. I'm not blowing through data because um, I'm cheap and I share data plan with my wife. So fuck off. And that's it, though, guys. Uh, that's where you can find me. Hit me up anytime. Seriously. Um, love to talk about wrestling. Love to argue with you. Um, yeah, man, that's it for me. I'm, you know, hopefully... Hopefully, you know, we did it justice on this SMC side and we're going to we're going to rebuild, redesign, reclaim. Yeah. <laughs> um, next week. And I you know, I hope everybody I think everybody's going to enjoy enjoy what we've got coming. And that's it for me, guys. Thanks a lot. And I hope if you guys well, I'm sorry. One last thing. If you're in New Orleans, if you're not you're if you're at home watching this. Just enjoy it, guys. There's so much. It's going to be great. WrestleMania weekend. This is like the wrestling fans' pinnacle. You all know this. So I don't need to tell you. But if you're in New Orleans, be safe. Come say hi. I'll be down there. So come say hi. And please be safe. Like, I know there's a lot to do. New Orleans is a party city. There's a lot to do. You can drink a lot and do all kinds of fun stuff. Be careful. Don't drive drunk. Jesus, I'm serious. I know those things I feel like a dad. But, yeah. But, I mean, you know, just... Make good decisions, you know. That's that's all I'm trying to say. And Dad will stop talking now, and I'll let Rance close it out. Peace out, guys. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've done this. Wow. Uh, you can follow your boy. It's Ray Cash, R E Y, as in Mysterio, C A S H, as in dollars. Um, I'm will most assuredly be changing the Twitter handle for the podcast. So as of right now, it's at the SMC podcast, but that will be different once we reboot next next week. Um, you still fo- you can still find us on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, so please follow us on that. Uh, anywhere you list your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, um, Spotify. Now you know we're in the big time. Um, and yeah, show love to the other shows on the on the. Uh, on the docket, if you will, keeping the strong style at Ki Strong Style, Ricky and Clive at Ricky and Clive, and One Nation Radio, the flagship at One Nation Radio. Um, yeah, and also I have been uh, given the opportunity to have a morning show with my good friend and coworker, now my good friend and co-host uh, Jordan Fox, and that is the Good Brothers Wrestling Podcast. And, uh, yeah, we've been doing good work with that. Like, it's every morning you can catch us. Um, he, he is a contributor to Social Suplex, but he isn't quite uh, – the, the show, I don't believe, is on there yet. But you can follow that at Good Bros, B-R-O-S Podcast, and follow him at Fox the Podcaster. But, um, yeah, man, I'm in, I'm in these audio streets, bruh. Uh, <laughs> so I, I got my brother back. I got my show back. I got my morning shows, so you know, we got a lot of content coming for you guys. Um, but thank you for everything that you guys have done with with us and for us. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you for caring. If you hate me, thank you for that because I can be hateable at times. Um, if you hate Carl, I love you because that brings me joy. Um, and I'm not ha- I'm not very hateable, so it's kind of a rare is. thing. <laughs> Carl is the most hateable guy on, on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, once again, I want to show love and give one more thank you and one more shout out to our boy Caleb. Uh, best of luck in your future endeavors. Good riddance. And, I didn't mean that. Love you, buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. See you tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but no, thank you guys for listening, and we are excited to see for you guys to see new chapters. So have a good night.